Vince McMahon voice. Ladies and gentlemen, it's WrestleMania! Why didn't he, why wasn't he the host of WrestleMania? I don't know. I guess because he's hosted it so many times in the past, and also he's old as hell. <laughs> I think he's, he's older than hell itself. Yeah, at this point. <laughs> there's like new wings of hell being built in his honor. Oh shit, that was mean. <laughs> well, CWFP, it's WrestleMania weekend. And oh my god, was it a good one. It, it was it was a strange WrestleMania weekend because uh, Vince McMahon to Claus went all out for us. Yes. <laughs> it's like, you guys want all this shit? Fine, fine, here you go. Leave me alone. <laughs> Let me die in peace. <laughs> Let me push the big buff beefcakes I want. The highlight of WrestleMania weekend, of course, is NXT TakeOver. <laughs> the highlight of any wrestling weekend it's a part of. <laughs> and this was the best TakeOver of all time. Almost. <laughs> despite despite its one blemish, it was still like an A. Like a 95% A. Let's, uh, let's <laughs> dig into the card. Yeah! The winners of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, Aleister Black and Ricochet, against the reigning, defending, undisputed NXT Tag Team Champions, the War Raiders! War, 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 war. I'm convinced um, that Roe is like... Rey Mysterio inside of like a big bo- in like a big suit, like a big Hollywood suit. Cause some of the so, springboard stuff that he does is like, okay, dude, I don't I don't think so. They they re they repurposed Eddie Murphy's suit from Norbit or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> is that the first time you've heard about that movie in like ten years at I least? Think, <laughs> I I feel like we've referenced a Norbit on this show before. We might like have. I feel like that's definitely happened. Um, I have to admit, I was watching this match on my phone because I was grocery shopping when it, when NXT Takeover oh, started. Oh hell yeah! So I was like in the car watching this like all on my phone. <laughs> I like I had to go get water from a um, Asian market around the corner from my house. So I was like I propped it up on the little thing where you put the water, and like was watching it while like pouring water into my <laughs> my gallon jugs. <laughs> hell yeah! I was like I'm not missing this shit. <laughs> and I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> this is this is nonstop. It's NXT, so of course it's nonstop. But they the War Raiders had their their badass Viking War entrance. Well, Ricochet, Ricochet and Alistair didn't really get have too special of an entrance. Uh, something I've noticed that they've been doing with Alistair, and I don't know if it's because of like the set or if it's intentional, but or maybe I've just now noticed it, but there's like a creaking noise that happens. Yeah, that's see, I, I think is that I, on purpose. I think I asked you that a couple weeks ago, and you said you didn't notice. But yeah, that's been happening for like a month now, almost. Oh no! The, the creaking with his, um, with his thing that lifts him, and with Ricochet, there's like a lightning noise when the Titantron comes on. I don't think they do that for him anymore, though. That only lasted, like, two or three weeks. Um, 
but the the creaking noise has been going on. It's something that was implemented probably the second week they were on main roster. Okay. So it's it's definitely a main roster decision. Interesting. Was this the night or was uh Sunday the night when his thing didn't work and he just had to stand up? Uh I didn't notice that if it happened either of the nights. I think it was this night where he it was like cuz you know it usually lifts him out of the smoke but he just like yeah went from sitting to standing because it just didn't work because he was really late coming up and it was just like okay fuck it i'm gonna stand up oh unfortunate yeah especially for his last nxt match what what, what was your favorite part of this of this match (laughs) i think my favorite part overall in this match was um the Hanson senton from the top rope out of the ring because it really it really seems like Roe has been the MVP of War Raiders since they got here and this match definitely seemed like Hanson was like okay I gotta do some shit too right like I, people need to not to be talking about my, my partner I gotta do some crazy stuff too and he definitely did in this match what about yours what's your favorite spot from this whole match the uh the springboard clothesline that Ro did to Ricochet. That was absolutely bonkers. Oh no, it was Hanson. <laughs> as as he's being held there. <laughs> he was pretty he was pretty great in this match. War Raiders are I don't want to say they're underappreciated in any way, because they're fucking NXT tag champions, but they're not they're not they don't seem to be showcased yeah as much. they didn't have a match between they had a squash match on nxt tv last week before takeover between the previous takeover and that they didn't have a match on tv there's just so much going on with the uh with everyone else that uh, unfortunately tagged tag team wrestling is what got thrown to the side yeah um I'm just, I'm just amazed at how much we've talked about it multiple times, but just how how well the War Raiders can move is just incredible. <laughs> yeah, I, the the thing that Roe does between the the turnbuckles where he just runs back and forth, but you think oh he's gonna do it like twice to each of them, but then he does it for like two and a half minutes straight. <laughs> That's some cardio for a man that size. Always impressing me every time I watch them. And I'm just hella worried about when they make it to Raw or SmackDown. And then this was the this was the night not on Sunday where Ricochet did that like picture perfect shooting star press. Y- yes. God, or he like he jumped, he like sprung off of the top turnbuckle, flipped. And had, like, the full height of the air to, like, land on them. That was... I don't think I've ever seen that more beautifully executed. I definitely haven't. Maybe Brock Lesnar against Kurt Angle. That one was pretty good, but not... The landing, not so much. (laughs) The landing, not so much. (laughs) Unsurprisingly, though... 
the match the match didn't didn't end well for the challenge they they got they they hit ricochet with their team finisher which is called fallout apparently which is that's pretty cool got the pin to retain their championships they clearly left the ring and it wasn't about them anymore it was a goodbye for ricochet and alistair black their ricochet ricochet's short tenure in nxt led him to a north american title and alistair black was involved as nxt champion in some of the best matches nxt has ever put on he he got feud of the year uh 2017 yeah they were they were great in um in nxt but this is the end of the line for them more stars like keith lee and and matt riddle get to come up into the main event picture while ricochet and alistair black have a match at wrestlemania uh over the that weekend i was gonna say the next day but the next day was just a hall of fame ceremony ceremony. thank god (laughs) i'm sure they, they didn't have to do any matches in between smackdown and this but Jesus Christ, these men have been having to work so much. Yeah, they didn't... They they weren't on um, SmackDown the week after, were they? Last night? Uh, they were. Yeah. And they were on Raw as well, if I remember yep. correctly. <laughs> so, they've been, they've been hard at work. over the course of a, of a week. But that's proven yourself for main roster. Yeah, this is a great match. Tag matches, I think, are always a good way to start off a pay-per-view. Um, yeah. Well, at least an NXT pay-per-view, because people care about those belts. Um, and the the tag division in NXT is booked well. Yeah. But um, War Raiders came out on top. I wonder, I wonder who's going to be next in line for the non-UK tag belts. I saw... Um, something about the Street Profits mm. um, trying to like claim to the titles, but we'll see about the Street Profits versus War Raiders seems uneven to me, but if they like, if the Street Profits can get wins over legitimate, like, you know, the, the um, what are they called? The Forgotten Sons and, yeah, and, um, Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner. Yeah, yeah, sure, I believe that. Then I think Marcel by Mar- Marcel Bartel. I don't remember how to say his name. And Fabian Eichner. I think they have a name now, but I don't think they use it. <laughs> Maybe they just use the name in NXT UK for their tag team. All right. Are you ready for the next one? The the master, the one of two masterfully story told matches this night. Yes, it is NXT champion Velveteen Dream defending his title. NXT a North American champion, excuse me, Velveteen Dream defending his title against Matthew Riddle, the original bro. <laughs> he so the original bro came out, you know just doing his usual thing you know high-fiving dance kind of dancing to his music kicking his his flip-flops off while everyone's going bro 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 but then uh <laughs> <laughs> team dream is not as subtle um oh no he's not 
I believe they were I I can't remember the name of the song, but it's the it's the song that uh that says Purple Mountain's Majesty, right? Yeah, I, honestly, I don't remember the name of that that one either. We hate America here. That's why we 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 think NXT UK is better than anything else being put out there. Do you like uh, NXT UK? <laughs> and while while that's playing, there's a uh, it's like going over to the top of the entrance ramp where there's like a bunch of fog. There's people holding something up. It looks like the Statue of Liberty. No. It's, it's Velveteen Dream dressed as a Statue of Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. This is my favorite entrances, entrance of his. I like the Hogan ones a lot. But this one is like... <laughs> it's just... He's the Statue of Liberty. Like, how fucking ridiculous is that? Like... It implies so much. <laughs> I would sign a petition to make the Statue of Liberty, like to 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 recommission it, for it to be Velveteen Dream, just on. <laughs> what is it? What is it called? Um, Liberty Island. I always yeah. want to say Happiness Island because that's what it was called in GTA Four. <laughs> yeah. There's a button that uh, when you press it, it just like bass boosted blasts playing his music throughout new york oh hell yeah <laughs> it's like people visiting liberty island at like 3 a.m and pressing it and just ow just all across the fucking city <laughs> people waking up <laughs> oh my god i'd love that it's just trying to sleep it's louder than like the train passing by your house just d-r-e-a-m <laughs> <laughs> You shut all the windows and everything, but you can still hear it perfectly coming through the walls. <laughs> despite, despite his cool entrance, uh, Matt Riddle controlled most almost this entire match. 75% <laughs> of it. Uh, Dream, like, it felt like for the first 15 minutes, it was just Matt Riddle setting something up, and then Dream slipping out under under the ropes or touching the ropes and hanging out outside the ring. It totally was. It's... Uh, <laughs> and... You you increasingly could see the frustration building on Matt Edel's face. Because he was, he was hitting him with so much. He was using submissions on him. He, um... Hit him with a go-to-sleep at one point. <laughs> uh, he was kneeing him in the face. And he just wouldn't... He wouldn't... G- stay down for a three count and then he started to the mania started he the hulkamania started i don't he know started to hulk up. I, yeah i don't know <laughs> how this is okay that he does this i don't think that he asked hulk hogan but it's oh, hilarious definitely. that he did do you, or that he does do you it. think he was aware that hogan was gonna be there this weekend oh probably in some way you know, you can probably just assume it's WrestleMania. Even if he's not part of the show, Hogan's probably just going to be there to watch, right? Oh, I want to. I want Hogan to come to NXT. That'd be fun. I just. Ho- I want Hogan I to come know. out during <laughs> fucking Velveteen Dream hulking up. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. It is. 
Because I was reading about Hulk Hogan on Wikipedia like a week ago because I had nothing to do at work, and that's just what I do. Is I'm like, huh, I'm just gonna read about this wrestler on Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, it's a good thing to be doing. There's a fun thing on Hulk Hogan's Wikipedia page that says, uh, fifth return to WWE, 2018 to now. So it's fun that he's like departed entirely from the company that many times to come back. Fifth return. <laughs> But I was reading about, like, the hulking up thing, and it's just, it's really funny that it, it's something that uh, Dream can call back to, and everyone can get it, because it's that much of a staple of Hogan's matches. We didn't we didn't get the leg drop. I was hoping he'd do a leg drop again, because that was really funny what he did. But he, he did the thing. He, like, got up. He started to, like, shake and do the hulking up. And he pointed, and the entire crowd went, "You." <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Is like, if if somebody else did like, I guess that's an active wrestler. I can't say that. I was gonna say if someone else was doing like Finn Balor's like sling blade drop kick <laughs> and then coup de grace, that would not be okay. <laughs> But he is an active wrestler, so that's why it wouldn't be okay. It's it's just really funny to me, because I don't know how much of it is, like... It, it's definitely part, like, owed to Hogan, and then, like, hey, racist old man, I'm taking your shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah there, there has to be some... I, I, I refuse to believe that, that it's all just, hey, I liked Hogan, because he's, like, our age. Velveteen, actually, Velveteen Dream is younger, younger than, us. than us. Very sad to say out loud. He is younger the public than us. I think he's three years younger than me. So, yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> WWE to him growing up, being three years younger than me, he probably watched it more than than I did in like 2006. But to him, WWE is like Rey Mysterio and John Cena. Yeah, like so. there's there's almost no reason for him to really be paying tribute as like a childhood hero per se. Maybe he has older brothers or like a dad yeah. who has like Hogan tapes that he grew up watching. That's totally <laughs> possible, but yeah, the and I I feel like we could we could have an entire conversation uh about like growing up in non-white households and like how differently wrestling impacts that but that's not the uh this is not the place for that unfortunately um <laughs> say growing but, up in a non-white household absolutely means that no matter what the what the black wrestler is you're kind of going damn i'm hoping he's winning that's how i became a bobby lashley mark like, whoa black lashley <laughs> I don't think we'll ever get an actual answer from it, but it, it ha it's probably some kind of, like, half, like, mocking, half, like, honoring type thing. Yeah. <laughs> or, uh, I'll do it, and if I'm asked, it's because I love him so much, but yeah. actually, I'm I'm just stealing his shit to piss him off. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Dream just, uh fought through everything somehow and the the end of the match tells that too because he had him at one point yeah he hit the dream valley driver which good name good name change yes. for the finisher yeah um was going for the purple rainmaker 
got put into the bromission <laughs> and then <laughs> and then just sort of shifted his weight enough to get the win over Matt Riddle. Yeah. So he es- he escaped, which I think is perfect for who Velveteen Dream is is to escape opposed to get big clean victories over people. Yeah. Uh is that Friday night was the first time I heard them call it the bromission. That's uh I- it's I don't really know if I've funny. Heard it before then either. It's really funny because it's, it's really, really lazy. <laughs> yeah. But after, after Riddle got him with an another power bomb and applied it for the last time, I was like, it's it has to be done. Like, there's no way Dream can can come back after that. And Dream just like eh, roll up. <laughs> it's beautiful. And like all with all the near falls, you could just see the frustration growing on Matt Rule's face as he's like yelling and screaming, literally and like, frothing at the mouth. <laughs> he looks pissed, like <laughs> yeah, literally frothing at the mouth. At one point, just <laughs> fuck you, man. And uh, at at the end of the match, though, dream actually gave matt riddle the fist bump that he refused to give him at the beginning of the match which is good they're not, that means that feud's over so what's sort of the future for matt riddle here is he just gonna hang out for a couple weeks but i'm who can even say until you know next week yeah we're right now at this exact moment as we're recording NXT is playing, but it's it's the week after Takeover, so it's just whatever the dark match was or matches yeah, yeah. were. There are three dark matches, which is a ton. Oh, and they're filming tonight as well, I believe. Oh, so they they actually record on Wednesdays. Nice. Yeah. Um. And also, there's some stuff with um, the superstar shakeup. Who knows what's gonna happen there. So, Riddle versus Dream for the NXT North American Championship. Dream retains. That was a fantastic match. Like, what else could you expect? Yeah. Uh, Dream is being built perfectly. And every time I think about it, I just have to say, Velveteen Dream is 23 years old. (laughs) There is 20 years of wrestling from this man still. It's going to be awesome to watch. (laughs) He's going to be the next The Rock. He's going to be the next Miz. <laughs> but with more not to not to knock the Miz, but but more physical like wrestling prowess than the Miz. At a younger age, it's going to be Velveteen Dream is going to be crazy. Well, Cameron since uh he watched all 90 hours of NXT UK in time to watch Takeover. <laughs> I actually had, like, an extra month that I didn't know about. Oh. I basically <laughs> hadn't watched it since TakeOver Blackpool. Hmm. So I got, like, halfway there. So how was the build-up for Pete Dunne v. Walter? I would say it was okay. It was just a lot of, like... And again, I haven't seen all of it, but... It was a lot of, like, Walter's squashing opponents. He finishes them with the power bomb. I don't know if he ever cut any in-ring promos, but there were definitely face-to-face confrontations and, like, 
I'm going to be NXT UK champion and show NXT UK what European wrestling is is actually about. And Pete Dunne just kind of snarling at him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what that produced? Potentially the best match on the card. <laughs> you say that, but I noticed the crowd wasn't too hot on this match. <laughs> they seemed... I think for probably most of them not having seen a lot of what's going on with this, they seemed to be more invested in Pete Dunne overall. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think it's, yeah, it's not nearly as hot as like Pete Dunne versus Tyler Bate. Yeah. I, I feel like, uh, when I'm, when I was watching this, I was like, huh, this is probably real, like real good, high, high class, uh, European wrestling. It's it definitely is <laughs> definitely was because we got all that all that joint manipulation all those strange holds holds that they e- do extra abdominal stretches yeah uh may- maybe it's just me because uh I'm like all white people are the same haha <laughs> that's a good joke for you. Uh, <laughs> I feel like when, when like Walter or someone from there does chops, there's just something different to it. Um, like how they lean into them or like how I don't, the whole thing I, I'm is not, sold. I'm not sure. Just something feels different when they do when they do the chops and Walter's doing the chops. Hmm. I just I, I love I love the finger manipulation thing. It it gets <laughs> it's so like goofy but also really fun to where uh i just i i want i can't wait to see like i want to know if someone on the main roster would would refuse to or be like upset that they have to sell that well because it's such a rare thing um in wwe when's the last time we saw like finger manipulation stuff it was last i can remember was randy orton versus um jeff hardy that feud and and that was always that was more of torture also yeah it it was less like joint manipulation and more of like putting him in painful situations so there's a little more to it i just it's one of those things where (laughs) you see like former WWE wrestler has something to say about last night's main event, and it's just a guy who hasn't wrestled in for the company in ten years. Be like, if I had to do that match, I'd be pissed. <laughs> did this happen? Did that exactly happen with like a Pete Dunne match? Probably. Okay, I was just wondering if there was like a specific thing because there are definitely times. When I think to myself, like, I would not let P. Dunn step on my hands. But, like, <laughs> I definitely would. Like, I'm not... <laughs> yeah, I fucking would let P. Dunn step on my hands to make the match better. Uh, I'll let Pete Dunn step on my hands on his way to the ring, and I'm not even wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I'm just the hand boy who gets his hand stepped on that night. <laughs> but I, I'm, just, I'm just there in attendance, and I, I, like, sneak my hand under the barricade so he steps on it. I'm imagining... Yeah. I'm imagining Pete Dunn's, or, um, your hands are like the, what is the Billy and Mandy meme? Where, <laughs> 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 his hands 
get run over by a car? That's your what? hands and, and Pete Dunn's feet are the fucking tires of that <laughs> Buenos dias, Pete Dunn. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I haven't thought about that in so long, and I'm very happy that my brain was able to do that just now. It's instead of a a butt slap, it's me trying to grab the UK title, and then <laughs> and then is is a it's like him chopping me, and then I land, and then it's him like stepping on my hands. <laughs> yeah, the the screaming. Oh my god, yeah. that's that's hilarious. So. Pete Dunn was United Kingdom champion for 685 consecutive days. Did you see the, like, weird stat someone found of, like... Oh, that he's been UK champion for, like, 10% of his life? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He was was... United Kingdom champion more than he was probably in first and second grade combined? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And it's it, it's actually the longest reign in WWE history. We don't talk about it, obviously, because it's a probably seen as a throwaway belt on a developmental brand in a country that is across a big-ass ocean. But, like, that's the longest title reign in WWE history. How many defenses were there? At least more than Bork. But, yeah. The thing that's interesting about it that... It's not NXT branded whatsoever. It's the WWE United Kingdom Championship. So even though it's defended on NXT yeah. UK mostly, it's still the WWE United Kingdom Championship. That's And that's because that belt came to be almost three years before NXT UK even filmed anything, right? Yeah. They just were super super early with creating that title (laughs) it's a good looking belt though and it's pretty prestigious now after one of the best wrestlers in the world has held it for almost two and a half years so what what do you think of walter i think um i think walter works really well not like in the ring, but like the character itself, himself, like the music, the big white display on the on the Titan Tron that like he casts a shadow over, um, being the ring general, I think in he's from uh Austria, so I think an Austrian, or maybe they just speak some sort of German. I don't really know what languages are like in that region of the world. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> he says uh Ring General, which is kinda cool. I think that all works really, really well, um, and there's a there's a lot you could do with it in a in like a a bigger setting in a promotion that has more of a budget, right? Yeah. Um, as a wrestler, I don't know how much hype I ever heard about him, but he's a really he's a pretty good big man wrestler. <laughs> he doesn't do anything like spectacular, but I don't know how much of that is just like you know. Like you said, European wrestling is just kind of like grounded, circling each other, collar and elbow, ad- abdominal stretch. It's like pretty technical. Yeah. But if I compare him to someone who's probably like similar height and weight, Keith Lee, is he as flashy as Keith Lee? Hell no. Is he as entertaining? Not quite, but he can definitely put on 
in my opinion, not quite, but he could definitely, I could see he did definitely put on a lengthy, entertaining match that yeah. th- the story was, you know, basically like, is he going to dethrone this incredible reign? And he did good in that. Yeah. And uh, I-, I trust that <coughs> he is a big deal. I, I feel like uh, an NXT UK takeover crowd isn't a crowd to pop at anything. I don't think yeah. they're going to be that excited to just see stuff happen. Yeah. Especially at the end of the night. No, they're, they're there to see specific things and get what they expect. And that's why NXT is so special is because it keeps crowds popping. Yeah. Because it's because the show is done well and paced perfectly and the wrestling is good. Yeah. Uh, Pete Dunne did a bitter end, but... But Walter was able to kick out at two, which that's when I knew I was like, oh, oh, man. Oh, oh, shit. This is <laughs> this is this is getting to be a, a, a real big boy match. Oh, no. Once he kicks out of the bitter end, Walter uh, gave a mean old powerbomb from the top rope and then uh, jumped back up onto the top rope and gave a. Gave a big old splash. And now Pete Dunn's historic long run is over as the NXT United Kingdom champion. Does it make you sad? How do you feel about it? I'm indifferent. <laughs> it's not like uh when when it gets to run that long and you're like the longest reign that's ever happened, basically. In the modern era, because no one's gonna be able to beat Bruno San Martino or anything. No, nope. that wouldn't that wouldn't be fun to watch on TV weekly. <laughs> but it's uh, it's it's hard to be like, oh man, he's not the champ anymore when he's had it for so long that I don't I don't feel like uh, I needed him to keep being the champion. It's I'm gonna. This is gonna get really dark, and it's a really bad thing. But it's what my mind went to. It's like when a really old person passes away, right? Yeah. Like when that Christopher makes... Lee passed away, he was what, like ninety five or something like that. And everyone yeah. was like, "Oh my God, Christopher Lee!" And I was like, "He's, he, he, t- you guys, he's almost a hundred, and he did a yeah. lot of awesome shit." Like, it's <laughs> it, Pete Dunne's what... reign was six hundred eighty five days, and he had some incredible matches in that time. Yeah, so like, yeah, it is. It is pretty sad that we don't have Stan Lee anymore. But it's also like, hey, he had a good long life, and we have plenty to remember him by. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a lot of great moments. Stan Lee created a lot of things to build off of. So did Pete Dunne's reign. This is a morbid comparison. I apologize, <laughs> but it's, it's what my brain it, went it's, to. It's it, it worked. My brain's going to that dark place as I'm doing the Randy Orton slamming on the mat. <laughs> we have the reign of Walter, and uh, I feel like Pete Dunne's not getting another chance to that belt. He's got big boy plans coming next week. <laughs> I, I think next week's is yeah. I think that's I think that's accurate, and that makes me so excited and so nervous at the same time. Because they could they could fuck up Pete Dunne real easily. <laughs> um, he, he's going going to two hundred five live and forming a tag team with Gallagher. Um, wow, 
the first part i'm down with sure if it's like a, a split thing 205 live and smackdown second part no please stop don't do this to me um so is that really all we have to say about walter versus Pete dunn yeah yeah Betw- yeah between these two matches this one and the next one we had a reveal in the crowd new japan alum kushida is i guess he's now- a big fucking deal Yes, Kushida's like thirty six years old. It's a big deal. Like as soon as contract ended with New Japan, he's like, "Yeah, I'm I'm going to America." <laughs> yeah, and I thought that was AEW, but nah. He's, no, he's here. He's here in NXT. Um, that's awesome, and I'm sure. I'm sure Nakamura is probably like, "Yeah, get him up hey, here. I want to yeah. hang out with my my bud." And I'm sure Kenta is somewhere thinking, okay, man, we'll see. I hope they do you better. (laughs) All right, Jory, next match. It's all you, bud. (laughs) So fatal four-way for the NXT Women's Championship between the Sky Pirates, which has such a good fucking name. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Yoshirai, Kairi Sam, Bianca Belair, and... Shayna Baszler, who who didn't even have the Four Horsewomen ringside, and the Four Horsewomen didn't do anything. This entire match, they didn't they didn't interfere at all. It's almost like uh, the plan for Sunday night happened, and they're like, well, who gives a shit about any of that now? Because one of them one of them's probably gonna be gone. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, if we're talking meta storyline stuff, I think it's coming still. I just think we had it fast tracked, or in our fantasy booking brains a little too soon. I think it's gonna be Mania twenty twenty one if it's gonna happen. Mm. It's gonna be way out there. Mm. And how much longer does that mean we're gonna have to deal with the current situation? Maybe another year. <sighs> Maybe until SummerSlam it's, this year. It's it's real boring. It is. Is the problem. Because she, she wasn't even part of the match. And it wasn't like anything. Like there's any reason for her to be there. Bianca Belair got to show off. A big thing in the match was like Kyrie and Io helping each other out and then be like, oh, fuck, we're the only ones in the ring. And, like, <laughs> crying as they're chopping each other and throwing each other around. It's like, no! You don't have to do this. Yeah. One of them has a pin and the other one breaks it up and they're just, they're just, like, falling to the ground. Just like, no, why do we have to do this to each other? <laughs> and that was so much more interesting than... Uh, Shayna Baszler being there. <laughs> Just constantly putting people into um into the Kirafuda clutch, is that what it's called? Yeah, I was gonna call it the Hanafuda clutch, but Hanafudas are like playing cards. <laughs> huh. Is it because it bores you so much you'd rather be playing cards? I think it's just because I'm I start thinking about Nintendo and that was like the first thing Nintendo made was sets of oh, Hanafuda yeah. cards. So I'm like, huh. How long ago was that? Nintendo, like, over a hundred years ago. Yeah, like, they were making like those playing cards like the 1890-something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's wild. 
We got we got nice like military presses from Bianca. I have to highlight the uh the spot that that made me be real sad about the ending is Bianca got uh Shayna in her like double chicken wing thing and Baszler like slowly carefully moved out of it and countered it sort of and it just I don't wrestle and what they're doing is great but there I, I feel when it feels like three out of the four performers are on a whole nother level it's not fun to watch. Yeah. And how much of it is really like trying to save her wrestling because of her age, right? Like it could it be that could it be like how late she got to the game? Could it be like her not taking to wrestling? We don't know. But it's just every time I see her do stuff, I'm bored. I I'm, I'm very uninterested in her promos. Because it it feels like fake, yeah, wrestling's fake. But also, it's it's like it, it's not trying. It's it it feels like the person in high school that would always talk about how tough they were and no one believed them, and then they got in a fight <laughs> one time and got their ass kicked, like instantly. <laughs> yeah, that's what her promos feel like. Yeah, just, I'm ang- angry because of my home life. And then, like, just constantly picking fights with someone. And then one day someone else is like, alright, I'm gonna knock you out. And then they do instantly. And then the person is knocked down a peg. That's what her promos, they feel very specifically like. I'm trying to seem tough, but I'm not good at it. Yeah. Well, what happened in the very end, Yuri? We can quickly get past this one. Bianca Belair gave a a cool double DDT and then Shayna Baszler jumped in and uh, they made Bianca tap so Bianca loses twice back to back takeovers Um, Shayna Baszler retains and then her friends come out and help her and then Ronda Rousey is also there watching and congratulates her I'm sure so yeah if there was any anything to build off of from this, it'd be a little bit more interesting. With the fact that, like, the other horsewoman didn't intervene in any way is really unsatisfying. And it just makes Yeah, because it's not look... like that sneaking by heel stuff. Yeah. It, it's, it, it is kind of, but it, she just jumped in at an opportune time. But that's something you can even do as a face. Like, just jump in and take advantage of the situation when it comes up. A face isn't going to tap. Be like, I'll let you try and pin both of them before I try and attack you. Yeah. It's, I think you said it right. It's unsatisfying. What can we do? I'm going to, there's more to talk about with this, like, when we talk about SmackDown in a bit. But, um, I think the next challenger for the NXT Women's Championship is going to be Candice LeRae. But we'll see. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, we'll see how that turns out. I think she's going to go through the undercard feud that she's doing right now. Maybe beat Bianca in some way. And then she'll go on to the next takeover, which will be in June? Yeah. 
since they're doing Money in the Bank next month, it's confusing as to when the next takeover is because it was last year. It was with men, Money in the Bank, and I just assume like yeah, Money in the Bank is a yearly thing at this time. But I think it's it's good that it's right after WrestleMania. That's a really good spot for it. Yeah, yeah, because you, uh, Backlash you have... is usually a not good pay per view from what I heard. It wasn't good last year. <laughs> yeah, and just like just the anticipation of Money in the Bank. Like, you have that longer, like, it's right there, right after WrestleMania, that longer period for them to probably squander the briefcase. Yeah. (laughs) I think doing it every year after Mania is a good idea. Yeah. We we have our our main event of NXT TakeOver New York. Best two out of three falls match for the vacant NXT championship between Johnny Gargano and... Adam Cole. Yeah. And what a match. Dave Meltzer himself, the big old Meltzy boy up in the sky, handing out Jesus. those stars, throwing them down. Yep, Jesus himself, David Meltzer. David? Said, this is, po- this is the best match done by anything WWE branded ever. This man has watched like every single thing WWE has ever done. He said Live. this is the best match. Yeah. Not like in person, <laughs> but like he's watched all of it definitely live. Yeah. So <laughs> how old is he? He's in his sixties. I think he's getting up there, yeah. Yeah, he's he's been watching wrestling since territorials. Andre the Giant was happening when he was uh, a our age. Yeah. So if he's gonna say something like that. That's crazy. I don't know if maybe he's just getting more lenient in his in his older years, which doesn't seem the case because he will easily hand out one or two stars to matches that include performers he likes. The uh, going over your scale thing is kind of ridiculous to me. Red Dead Redemption 2 is excellent. IGN doesn't go, it's a 12. You know what I mean? They just say 10. It's perfect. Just fucking watch it. <laughs> I'm no. amazed that that like IGN doesn't or someone hasn't done that like a major major publication. Yeah, because there's at least some conviction in what they do. They don't just go like it's fucking eight and a half stars. Just say five. Just stop. Don't give out so many fives then. So that's crazy. If he says <laughs> that's the best thing, this company that's been around that he's been watching for probably forty or fifty years, if he says it's the best thing they've ever put on that's yeah (laughs) is it the best thing you've ever seen in wwe i mean it's pretty up there i I would (laughs) say it's like top three for me yeah it's i mean anything gargano gargano's in is uh (laughs) anything he's he's attached to feels like it's it's a high quality match it's absolutely guaranteed (laughs) to be 4.75 or above (laughs) It's so so how I was feeling through this match is uh starts going, uh Adam Cole gets gets the first pin semi early. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, this feels right. Yep. And then uh they start dueling some more. Um Gargano get got that mean old spear on on the apron. Uh he he got that fucking slingshot D, like he went for the slingshot DDT. He's like, 
oh wait, I won't be able to do it like this. So he switched his positioning so he could slingshot DDT Adam Cole onto the fucking apron. My God. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, he is able to get uh, Adam Cole into the ring and get a submission with the Gargano escape. And it's 1-1. One, one. Like this, this is pretty good. Gargano escape. Fuck, I forgot. <laughs> Johnny Gargano started bleeding around this point, and this is this is when the match just starts to just like it's the uh, it's the roller coaster going up, going click, 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 and it's it's coming, it's coming, and it's just slowly ramping up even more. Click. Click, click. <laughs> and it's. Uh, do, do you have a specific spot from this that you really liked? Yeah, you're getting to it. You're getting to it. <laughs> you're getting to it. Where it where it felt like pure WWE booked wrestling to me. You're almost there. It's, there's lots of of good good treading off of pinfall attempts and uh, rolling to the floor before before anyone can pin. Adam Cole did the Panama Sunrise, which is that like nuts sunset flip from a turnbuckle jump that he got. He did during a halftime heat. It was beautiful. And, and Johnny kicked out of it. I'm like, oh holy shit. Oh fuck! Holy shit! It's a heart stopper. <laughs> it's it's clicking up more, more, and then I remember I messaged you. What if Johnny wins with a fairy tale ending? And then uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I somehow sort of got my my prediction where Johnny uh, and Adam Cole went over to the uh, announce table and Adam Cole delivered one to. Uh, Johnny and the table didn't break, and it was, it was a close call. It almost went to ten, and as Johnny jumps in the ring, super kick, but it doesn't count. Count. <laughs> this is this is like we're getting to the top of it, and he goes he goes for that that second Pam Panama sunrise. Nothing happens. And this is, we're at the top of the mountain. And then, the, uh, I believe what it was, uh, I can't remember how the ref got knocked out. I think it was, uh, them, him, like, getting out of the Gargano escape, and they, like, tripped over the ref or something. Yeah, someone, like, backed up into him, and then he, like, fell into the ropes and fell over for a little bit. He died. <laughs> yeah, he, he. Someone bumped into him, so he. It's like became a, unconscious when you have like two health in GTA Four, and you bump into the car, it's just wasted. You <laughs> fall over, <laughs> and as as soon as the ref falls down, this is when the the roller coaster just click at the top and just goes shuttling down. <laughs> it's the undisputed era jump in and. They do their full fucking combos. Rod, uh, Roddy and Kyle Riley like both take him out. Bobby Fish attack, and he he's laying there on the floor. Uh, 
Roddy throws in a new a new ref, which it felt weird that they were just like letting him throw him in there. <laughs> yeah, why that ref should have been like, "Hey, what are you doing here?" Just like chill, I'll run in. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it the first pin didn't count as like Adam Cole climbed onto him, and then Johnny Gargano just uh, he he got like triple super kicked and hit with another finisher and kicked out again and he was able to like basically get rid of every single one of undisputed era leaving him in the ring with adam cole and uh as adam cole's like screaming and trying to berate johnny Johnny's able to get him into the Gargano escape and he's holding it there and Adam Cole taps and we have our new NXT champion, but it's not done yet. I'm like, huh? Wow. This is, this is great. I thought I was going to cry, but I'm a big boy, boy man now and I'm not going (laughs) to. I'm a grown-up. And then Candice LeRae jumps in the ring, hugging her husband and congratulating him, and they're celebrating. And I'm like, no? Oh, oh fuck. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, I, I think I'm good. And then they're making up the ring. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no, what if he's there? And John- <laughs> you, see a, you see a blurry figure pop out from behind. And Johnny's like, he's behind me, isn't he? And Tommaso Ciampa, in his full neck brace, comes walking forward. And they all, all three of them embrace. As the copyright logo pops up, like, oh no, this is perfect. Oh god. They should just can't, this is the last episode of NXT ever. <laughs> yeah, this that's is the series the show. finale. Yeah, <laughs> it's, when... Undisputed Era hit the ring is when I was like, okay, this is perfect. Because I I just felt Johnny was going to win no matter what. And he managed to survive everything that they threw at him. He just kept kicking out. And that was like, when they came out, the way the crowd reacted and the way the camera work was and everything. Yeah. And how like swiftly and intently they were moving was you think like, it's you think it's over like even at the beginning of the match they're able to cr- to add on to this underdog story where people are booing Johnny not only because he was a, a shitty asshole heel not that long ago but because they just love Adam Cole so much. God, they love Adam Cole. <laughs> like it's a mixture of Johnny being on his redemption arc and Adam Cole. Just being that that incredibly over, and you, you just you get such a nice, incredible wrap up to where this ending it didn't. The reason why it's great that it was Adam Cole and not some other heel, because it it doesn't matter who the opponent is, but because it was Adam Cole, the odds were stacked against Johnny. Like Absolutely. You, you, you look at this journey and the um. The promo package they had for this is A plus, oh my so God. that helped. <laughs> but like the, the 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 whole path for Johnny is like he signs with WWE. Him and his friend 
two guys who worked very hard on the indies now they're finally here they're so proud of their indie heritage in fact that they're team diy do it yourself a common like mantra for like what we're doing podcasting we're doing it ourselves for for punk music for indie independent wrestling like they all work hard they don't have corporations backing them they're doing it themselves and they achieve the tag team championship but it's taken away from them and also uh one of them is injured and once he makes his recovery they're not they're not on the best they're not on the best of terms and Tommaso Ciampa blames Johnny for all their losses and what what what's happened to him so he attacks him and then he's gone for a while and then Johnny starts starts making it on his own he comes so close to the NXT title but loses he comes so close again but his chance is foiled by his old friend leading him to confront his friend and then he accidentally makes his friend the champion the thing he wants to have and that leads him down a dark path because of feeling so bad about what what he's done. And the, in, in that promo, he's like, I can't. I already let one monster become NXT champion. I can't let it happen again. He's, it's another bad guy. Can't have another bad guy be the champion. And it, it, in, a, in a nice storytelling way, even though it was... This is, this is that thing where injuries suck in those curveballs that they always get thrown... Even even though it, it is unfortunate that happens to those people, it can enhance the storytelling. Like the uh, the whole. Did you watch that video that they put out about uh, Champa and his surgery and everything? I watched um, when he. I think it was the one when they announced that he was relinquishing the title. I don't think I watched because I know there's another one that released. I don't think I watched that one. Just we're we're like he's he's sitting in the hospital. Like getting ready for surgery and everything, he's there with his wife and his kid, like baby kid, and it's just like, it's heart wrenching, and also it just adds to the storytelling more. Why? Why would? Why would Champa now? Um, we're forgetting about their couple week run on uh, WWE. I'm gonna consider that not a part of the canon because that was confusing a little bit, but it doesn't. Yeah. It's it's like un, it's like filler episodes. <laughs> And uh, you you could use that that like real life thing of like him going through this huge career altering surgery again another one of those for him to feel like wow it's it's like really grounded him and he, he thinks about he thinks about what's important who's always been there even if it's not in a good capacity like Johnny's always been there even if it's been them fighting it's Johnny's always been there. Right. So him him coming out to congratulate Johnny and finally winning the gold in in his in his big triumphant moment is it's a big deal right there. It was pretty beautiful. So <laughs> it's a good wrestling storyline. Yes, um, it? <laughs> I I don't know if anything's ever gonna top that in NXT, honestly. <laughs> I don't I don't know if you could like create storylines like this because it's one of those where they've created it it's just through through the the curveballs that were thrown from injuries and accidents and everything. So 
Yeah. It's just sort of one that managed to work its way into wherever it was somehow. Yeah. And it ended up being A-plus fantastic as a result. No matter how unfortunate the injuries are, something good came of it. Well, NXT TakeOver New York, pretty good show. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Watch the TakeOver, and it's it's a big moment. It's a big TakeOver. It's the 24th TakeOver, I think they said? Hmm. And Johnny Gargano has been at 12 of them. And he's also the first NXT Triple Crown. Wow. He's had the the tag titles, the mid-card title, and the the NXT Championship. The only other person who could do that right now is Adam Cole, right? Uh, They don't count his tag team title. Okay, so... Once uh, once he won the North American title, they removed him from uh, the official Undisputed Era reign, actually. It's considered to be Bobby Fish, Roderick Strong, and Kyle O'Reilly. That's that's interesting. All right. Um yeah. That's he's Mr. NXT, Johnny NXT. I'm excited for what's going to be going on with him. I think he's going to stay in NXT for a while longer. If he has sporadic appearances on main roster with the NXT title to like beat undercard people or like team up with undercard people to like win tag matches, I think that's a good idea to try to build hype for him. He's definitely yeah. someone you need to give the Daniel Bryan treatment to. Yep absolutely someone you need to build give the, the Daniel Bryan treatment to build him up because because of his size people are not going to believe that he can beat uh he's even smaller than someone like Seth Rollins or Finn Balor so yeah you have to really show like this guy's good look what he can do because those crowds when him and and Champa were on main roster were not giving a shit about what they were doing and unfortunately I think it's just because Johnny is short Johnny's like 5'7 yeah uh, but it doesn't matter your height. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world. Bar none. Like, he's he's potentially the best. If you it, take everything into account. Mechanically, emotionally. Uh, he's in incredible shape. He's great on the mic. Yeah. Anything that's given to him. Hey, be a heel now, even though you're super babyface. Fucking did it perfectly. Yeah, it, <laughs> oh, we also we we have to talk, we have to just quick mention he had his he had Iron Man gear. Which Hell good. yeah, he had Iron Man gear on. <laughs> My boy is excited for Endgame. <laughs> He's gonna be even more excited at E three when they finally show that Avengers game. <laughs> Fuck oh, yeah! Shit. I want to play that Avengers game with Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> hey Johnny, if you're listening, <laughs> play the Avengers game. He plays on PS four. I'll buy it wherever Johnny has it. I don't care. <laughs> I will buy a PS4 Pro oh, to no. play with Johnny. Crossplay. <laughs> oh, we hell might yeah. not have to buy anything else. Uh, I will. Bu- I'll buy Johnny. Uh, I'll build Johnny a PC so we can play it on PC together. <laughs> this is assuming that game is is multiplayer. I've just been assuming that since they announced it. But yes, I will play the shit out of that with Johnny. <laughs> I want him to put the NXT Championship on the mic. I want to talk to it. I want to talk to Goldie. Hey, Goldie. How's it going? <laughs> um, well, All right. NXT was... was fun, as you can tell from us having a blast right now. Oh, it was, it was good. I want, I want, I want to give Johnny Gargano a hug. I want to 
give him money. <laughs> just like, oh, I kind of do. I kind of do. I want, I want to go to a house show and Johnny comes out. He, you know how he, he does the like looking thing. Yeah. When he's when he's doing that, I just want to slip like a hundred dollar bill in his pocket. Throw a wad of money at him right there. No, I'm not throwing money at him. That impl- that makes it look like he's a stripper. Just like find a pocket if it's, on if his little vest. If it's like bundled up in the in things there. from the bank, I think it's okay, right? <laughs> Oh, and and those like bank envelopes and says to Johnny Wrestling. Yeah, gift <laughs> for Johnny Wrestling with the little bomb logo on it. You drew. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the showcase of the Immortals, the thirty fifth edition of it. In fact, the thirty fifth edition, thirty fifth edition, old, and the the super long edition. Was this the longest one ever? Yes. I it felt so. shorter than last year. Maybe that's because it was better. <laughs> That's probably why I was feeling feeling that length towards the end, though. When uh, I when I definitely started to become fatigued. Um, I want to was it say... because of the game? Was it because of the game and the? Uh, I think I think Batista? after in the directly in the middle of the card WWE Championship match. After that, I was kind of dead. Mm. But um, I probably started to really feel it. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I will say it's the no hold bar Triple H versus mm. Batista match. That is the fourth to last match, which is a shame because the main event deserved better. Mm. But let's start with pre-show proceedings. It's a kickoff can, show. Pisses can me off them. a little bit that they called a kickoff show because what are they kicking off? It's not football. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's not super important. But I'm a giant man, baby, so I'll complain. <laughs> this is my outlet to complain. Um. <laughs> The, the the pre-show alumni, the cruiserweight division. Yeah, Cameron, you you're you're one of the uh, ten people who watched Two Five Live. What do you think of this? What do you think of Tony Nese versus Buddy Murphy? I don't know the build-up to this at all because I didn't watch Two Five Live for like a month leading up to Mania for some weird reason. Oh, I think. <laughs> that's what happens when you stop watching two or five live it's just like fuck it tony niece and into the title picture i, I think tony niece is a great wrestler but i'm gonna be 100 tony niece is from new york and this wrestlemania was in new york so mm. i think they just were kind of like this is gonna be on the pre-show give <laughs> tony niece a chance to win the title that he buys for Here, here's here's the here's the issue with tony niece having a belt is uh he covers up his all the reasons why he's gonna win if he wins yeah. the belt. <laughs> when he was a heel, I don't know if he's a heel anymore. There are reasons why he's better than you. That's what he used mm. to say. Really good match, and I was shocked that Buddy lost. But <laughs> honestly, like I said, I don't think Tony Nice is like. I think it was just a here in New York. This is your guy. He won because a lot of that actually happened on the pre-show, um, uh, and I think. Like this thing says, Mike Kanellis is starting to gain momentum. We'll see if he is the next champion, but with the Superstar shakeup coming up, Buddy Murphy could be on Raw or SmackDown. And that's awesome because Buddy Murphy is fucking awesome. <laughs> um, what did you uh, think about the Cruiserweight match? It was it was neat. I, I, I think I've seen Tony Nese do things like twice. Yeah. <laughs> but that's... I still want to catch he... up and watch it because he like him getting like a run on the mic is kind of interesting to me. Him uh, kicking out of the uh, Murphy's Law was, was nuts. Me. It's like, okay, buddy Murphy. Uh, oh, okay. 
okay, buddy. <laughs> yeah, um, it's like the second most protected finisher in WWE right now. Murphy's Law, right? I don't know about now, but going into WrestleMania, it was like the second most protected one. Like nobody kicks out of that, and no one kicks out of Deep Six. Like those are just the two finishers that, like, if you take it, you're just dead. Too bad. But Tony needs mustered it up. And, uh, Cruiserweight champion now. In front of his hometown. His home crowd. Yeah. MetLife Stadium. 80,000 people. Well, the people are filing in still. It's maybe like 40,000 people. <laughs> yeah. One in front of. Still. It's, just, it's really just proof that, uh, dubstep isn't cool anymore. Very true. <laughs> very, very true. <laughs> Women's Battle Royale. Jory, let's talk about this. <sighs> so, here's the highlights of it. Ember Moon is back. Hell yeah. Should have saved her for after Mania or our SmackDown. Yeah. Ember Moon is back. Uh, Kyrie Sane got an elbow drop. Candice about- was in the match. Candice was in the match. If they gave us a reason to care about these, just yeah, like just be just be like, hey, you get a chance. Just you don't even have to make it like a chance at the championship. Make it like you get a chance at a number one contenders match sometime down the line. Bef- Doesn't even have to be tomorrow. It can yeah. be in like. Uh, six months sometime yeah. before the next mania yeah and then they can just like bullshit it one week like oh what do we do oh wait we have this loose story thread <laughs> yeah just ha- make sure that she or he is wrestling in the meantime yeah doing something talking they- about it a little bit it doesn't even have to be as big of a deal yeah. as money in the bank where they're constantly going like well i have a i have an opportunity for an opportunity just be like well yeah. i won this match and mm-hmm. i'm winning so I'm good, right? Yep, you're good. Okay. <laughs> That's really all it needs to be. It what was the finish up. for this like? Uh, Sarah Logan, Sonya Deville, and Asuka. And then Sarah Logan eliminates Sonya Deville and Asuka. And then I'm I'm wondering, who is this for? <laughs> who is this for? <laughs> it's not even like... Hanson? Bill- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's for War Raiders? <laughs> and then... Uh, Carmella popped up very similarly to how Naomi did and then uh, she super kicked Sarah Logan out so dance break one <laughs> Dan- dance break one um, oh another good point during this match was um, Nikki Cross was pretty over at some point and Dana Brooke eliminated like four people yeah. but again Carmella princess of Staten Island I didn't even think about that. Goes over. (laughs) Uh, Is that is that just what the pre-show was for almost most of it? uh, Three of the four. (laughs) Um, So, uh, uh, you want to talk about the raw tag team match? (laughs) It's pretty much a raw tag team match. It's raw tag team championship titles on the line. Champions revival. giving Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins an opportunity. Um, Hawkins and Ryder, both from Long Island. Uh, for fuck's sake, Kurt Hawkins is wearing 
uh, a Jets inspired uh, attire that night. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, the the match itself, pretty much a tag title or match that you get on Raw. What makes it special is the fact that it's Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, two guys that have been there for over 10 years now, which is wild to me, and have not had many opportunities. Between the two of them, they were tag team at one point, and Ryder won the Intercontinental Champion uh, ladder match at, um, some, I think, WrestleMania like 29 or something like that. I think it was 32. 32, okay. Um, so between the two of them, they've had, what, two title reigns? Yeah. They're about to get their third... And Kurt Hawkins is ending his, like, 285-match losing streak or whatever 269. it is. 269. 269-match losing streak. Yeah. It's it's something... That it, it would be a little bit more fun if there was, like, a build-up to it. But uh, you gotta have Ricochet and Aleister Black on TV. It, it just would have been would have been nice if, like, they could they could have just had Ricochet and Aleister go against another tag team or I guess they wanted to make them look good by having them like look strong against the champions. But if you took them out of the equation, you could have had back to back to back matches of Hawkins and Ryder, like beating the Ascension, the B team. No, not and... beating because Kurt Hawkins can't win. Oh, okay. Okay. You have Doing really well against them. You have them almost beat the revival and each time it gets closer and closer like they start kicking out of more stuff for yeah something and then and on commentary you can sell that it seems like they're figuring it out they're getting closer yeah and that makes uh the ending here also a bigger deal where none of that really matters because they catch him with a quick roll up (laughs) yeah kurt hawkins looked dead for two minutes in the ring (laughs) Yeah. And then when Scott Dawson went to just finish him off, he quickly pinned his shoulders <laughs> and they won. Not only are they tag champions, but Kurt Hawkins' 269 match losing streak is over. And at the WrestleMania in their hometown. So, <laughs> fairy tale ending. And Zack Ryder got engaged uh, yeah. that weekend, so. Yeah. And <laughs> it, it's just, it's it's a fun thing. Like... They they accidentally built up the streak. I, I I doubt it was like an intentional thing. I'm sure it became intentional like halfway through. It's like, damn, yeah. you're losing a lot. And he was like, I should just fucking make that my thing, dude. Whatever. It's and yeah. It's someone like someone backstage was like, oh, that's a good idea. It's like the uh, the Undertaker streak didn't happen until it was like twelve and zero. People were like, oh yeah. shit, the Undertaker hasn't lost at WrestleMania yet. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was. That those that's a good yin and oh, excuse me yin and yang of those uh of that streak the most prestigious streak ever in WWE's history and then just some dude whose gimmick was losing for like six years where he he couldn't beat a man who was sidelined for burgers <laughs> <laughs> DMP burgers <laughs> we're gonna have to fi- I'm gonna have to find those images so you can tweet them out with the episode <laughs> dnp that's so embarrassing yeah, someone who's new, not even trained as a wrestler new raw tag team champions and then we got the uh a joke match 
Yeah, we sure did get a joke match. It's the... Which is... Really... Focus on that picture underneath where it says... Just the image we have for this match. Look at that one and then say... A joke match. That's really <laughs> sad, isn't it? Yeah. Someone who literally made wrestling who it is today. Or what it is today. By himself. And sacrificed his body. And they used his name to have shitty comedians on a... On a not great... Uh, Saturday night variety show fight a boring big man who has a southern gimmick <laughs> yeah, the, the only like the only reason to really watch SNL is the week weekend update which they yep. do but <laughs> it's uh, it's all just everyone else who's not being used we got to see uh, heavy machinery Otis do a caterpillar to both members of the Ascension and then eliminate them. Uh... <laughs> I'm trying really hard not to imagine Otis like doing the weird like clipping and like half run <laughs> animation sliding around MetLife Stadium. <laughs> That's the stupidest thing we've ever joked about. I love it. Okay. <laughs> Otis, little brother Otis, come on. He's like halfway through the floor. <laughs> come on, Otis, it's WrestleMania. I did go over the top rope as he's like slipping through the mat. <laughs> <laughs> he absolutely clipped through that wall. The SNL guys popped back into the ring. Someone definitely gave them like a signal or there's like some kind of audio cue, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Braun probably said something. Yeah. Uh, the, the, actually, the highlight of this is a Colin Jost coming out in an Odell Browns yep. jersey. I laughed really hard at that. <laughs> Which is That's... weird because it's like, you live in this city, man. Like, what are you doing to yourself here? <laughs> I just, I love, like, I, I love the, the dedication to cheap heat, but playing it off like you have no clue what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> from, just... from Colin Jost? Yeah, it's yeah, just I really funny that he's like pretty good. I love it here. In New- I love it here. In New York is for something else, or you know, Boston. Boston sure is a great city. And he puts on like a Yankees, cap. a Yankees cap. Yeah, it's, <laughs> he's he's pretty good at that. I don't know how yeah. good he is on SNL, but yeah. in the even in the thing that I didn't like that he was involved in with WWE, he was pretty funny. Yeah, and Michael Shea coming down in like high school wrestling gear. <laughs> I like the I like the leggings Colin Joe's had on the like the yes. spandex underneath with the yeah. crossed out brawn faces on them. Yeah. He's so fucking stupid. Michael Shea got uh knocked to the floor and then Colin Joe's brought out a, a counselor and then he got power slammed and then he, he tossed him onto uh every single wrestler at ringside. You know who that counselor reminded me of? Who? Do you remember Des- December to Dismember, uh, Matt Striker? Oh no! <laughs> That's what I was immediately reminded of. And then Braun Strowman wins. That's the pre-show. Let's yeah. let's get to the actual card. Are you ready to talk about the real WrestleMania? Not the free WrestleMania you can watch on nope. any. The- old youtube or twitter or usa network yeah let's do it this is this is the real wrestlemania that's free for new subscribers what free for new subscribers 
I don't want to do this bit. I we hear it too much. It's not even <laughs> worth it. We have Alexa Bliss. She's coming out. She's like, "Hey, I'm the host of WrestleMania. I can make a WrestleMania moment happen just with a snap of my fingers." She snaps her fingers. And what's that? It's Hulk Hogan. It's Mr. America. Oh, yeah. Hulk <laughs> they should bring back the Mr. America thing. It's really funny. Whenever I see just stuff like cause it's just every time I see videos of it, it's it's just Vince being like, God damn it, I know that's you, Hulk Hogan. He's like, I'm not Hulk Hogan, brother. I'm Mr. America, brother. Let me tell you. What are you going to do, Vince McMahon, when Mr. America Mania goes running wild through you, brother? I, sidebar about Mr. America, I remember watching, like, the first week Mr. America showed up, and there was no insinuation that he was Hulk Hogan, and the crowd was really fucking cold on his match, too. He went over, like, just some undercard that they had at the time. And I knew it was Hulk Hogan. You can fucking tell it's Hulk Hogan. <laughs> but, like, there were just people in the crowd going, like, who's this? I don't... I'm sure some of them were going, like, is that Hulk Hogan? Nah, man, no way. Yeah. He's, he's old shit. <laughs> I feel like people were definitely, like, confused. <laughs> yeah, like, is Hogan... Does he have, like, onset dementia? Like, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Hogan made a joke about the Silver Dome because he fucked up and called the Superdome the Silver Dome back at Wrestlemania 30. And then he fucked up again by calling it the MetLife Center. Yeah. <laughs> Instead yeah. of the MetLife Stadium. Yeah, so he he didn't learn. And then um, Paul Heyman just kind of walked out and was like, alright, if we're not going to go on last, we're going on first so we can go to Vegas. And then we just got the fucking like third biggest match of the pay-per-view to start with. Yeah, yeah. Paul was just like, "Fuck it, Brock. If Brock doesn't get to be the main event, then let's just get it over with." He doesn't, he doesn't uh, want to sit around if he's not the main attraction, which is that's a weird way to put it. Yeah, it definitely also feels like it could be sliding the main event in some way. Yeah, that's why it's weird. Yeah, that's why I don't like it. Um, but if we... it wasn't the historic women's main event, it would be like, "Oh, Brock just is mad about his ego." But because there's a, there's partially a reason why it's the main event. Universal Championship match. Seth Rollins versus a Universal Champion Brock Lesnar. Jesus. It's well, happening. It wasn't much of a match. Because uh, Brock just uh, beat the shit out of Seth Rollins before the match even started. I like to... I do, we do have to highlight real quick Seth Rollins' Titantron. Where it was... Slay the Beast, and it had Brock's, like, skull thing, and then it got got cut open, stabbed by a sword, because it got slain. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. That went on for a little bit. Yeah, uh, Brock was, uh, was not too happy to have to do his job, I guess. <laughs> not to have to wrestle. He was mad that he had to wrestle. Mad that he had to do something. He, he just uh, was uh, germining and... F5-ing Rollins all over the floor, all over ringside. <laughs> to where I, I was get I was getting worried. I was like, oh, the ref's just gonna call it. We're just gonna it. do this again. The ref is just gonna call it before the match starts so Brock can go home. <laughs> yeah, I was I was definitely starting to get worried. 
that yeah. they were just gonna do the same thing again. <laughs> but it didn't take long for Rollins to start fighting back, and when he did, boy, he did. And how did he do it? With another low blow. <laughs> yeah, he he got taken to Suplex City. And then there was 90 suplexes, and I was sad. And then he, he got out of an F5, knocked over the referee, and he's like, Huh, I can do something here. And low blow to Lesnar, got back-to-back-to-back stomps on him. Because <laughs> that's, that's the only way you can put Lesnar down. That's how Roman won. He just did like five Superman punches and four spears. <laughs> yeah, shit, I forgot about that. Finisher spam. Yeah, Brock Lesnar is the king of finisher spam matches, but he he pinned him. Yeah, won. He's the universal champion. It works. Um, I think Seth said something on Monday Night Raw. It was like, I don't feel bad about the low blow because I didn't do anything Brock Lesnar wouldn't have done to win. Yeah, and that's yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's fair. Yep. And the pace of the match, it was pretty short, and that's fine because that's just how Brock Lesnar matches go. And now we've kind of hit the reset button. Brock's definitely gone for a while. He's going to go into intense training for his UFC fight that's supposed to happen this year. So, yeah, he we, we burned it down, ladies and gentlemen. Seth Rollins yep. is a universal champion. It was super weird that it was the uh, first first match. And then the card order just keeps feeling more and more weird. <laughs> I think it's paced real well and gives you those like those highs and then matches you can just sort of watch yeah. to cool off. Because um, the next one was the phenomenal AJ Styles against the Viper, Randy Orton, um, in a grudge match that didn't have a lot of buildup for a non-title match. Um, for WrestleMania, but I would say this and the Roman McIntyre match, they did just had very little build up, but were like good enough yeah. on paper that they were perfect for the show. Yeah, they just gave us like promo build ups for for those. This one, we we have we just have the this established line of like company guy versus indie guy, guy who's crawled up his entire entire life to. To get there that that works pretty well on its own i believe and the match itself well i mean the match got booed for a good majority of it because someone had a floodlight in one of the section's eyes and they actually couldn't see the ring at all oh really that's what it was yeah and apparently this happened friday night um towards the beginning of the takeover jesus it happened um at one point during the hall of fame induction ceremony it happened sunday night at mania and then it happened monday night on raw again so they just have a lighting person who is not sure what's going on i guess a pretty good match got mostly booed because people were going like hey we can't see chanting like we can't see you know like but hey we weren't there so we got yeah. to actually see it what did you think of AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. It was pretty good. Hey, that's how I feel too. 
Yeah, it was it was about what what I expected the match to be. It was because uh, these bo- bo- these are two men known for a lot of moves, so it's a lot of finagling their way out of each other's stuff and counters, and it's it's a good match. It's not one that's like a the secret sleeper hit match of the night. Which I thought it was totally going to be, but it's two older guys working pretty middle of the card at Mania after a massive title bout. Yeah. Lots of Pele kicks. Yep, a lot of Pele kicks. Uh, We got to... Styles tried to set up the Styles Clash, but it didn't work. Thank God, I'm always scared someone's neck is going to break when he does that. It's really, it's really extra scary when he sets up a Styles Clash against someone who's like, like Randy Orton, who's like seven inches taller than him. Yeah. He could easily hurt Randall doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I think often we don't see those come to fruition when he sets those up, because it's hard yeah. to Styles Clash uh, someone who's a lot taller than you. I want to see yeah. him Styles Clash Braun, though. <laughs> he did it to Joe. He might be able to do it to Braun. Like we got calf crusher, bottom rope. We got 450 splash. Nothing came out of it. Got a draping DDT from from Randall, but Styles was able to get out of the RKO that comes after that. He got right into just the second one, but he got but it didn't count. There was that that fun spot where Styles went for was gonna go for the phenomenal forearm, and it caused caused. Randall to fall on his back on the floor and look like a big old doofus. Ha <laughs> ha. He didn't actually phenomenal forearm, you dummy idiot. That's like the second <laughs> time he's got him with that fake out, too. <laughs> uh, I was getting real scared when uh, he's, get, he's setting up for the RKO off the top top rope. But another one of the 90 Pele kicks got, got him out of it. Yeah. Uh, Styles did kick out of a RKO at some point, though, right? Yeah. That's crazy that he kicked, because that's, like, <laughs> one of... I was earlier talking about the Murphy's Law and Deep Six being protected finishers. RKO is, like, the original protected finisher. <laughs> There's yeah. a reason it's a fucking meme. <laughs> and after two phenomenal forearms, AJ Styles won. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. A Mania match that I'm sure at some point we'll look back on and be like, you know, maybe we underappreciated that one a little bit. But as for right now, it was it was good. Not phenomenal. Oh, shit, that was me. <laughs> um, but, but a good watch at WrestleMania. Dream match for many. Imagine this ma- the match uh, like 10 years ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> People would lose their minds. <laughs> Imagine the match, yeah. Ten exactly. I was gonna say two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Oh my <laughs> god, that's insane. Um. <laughs> okay, fatal four way for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. The Usos defend against the Bar, Alistair Black and Ricochet, and Rusev and Nakamura, accompanied by Lana. How do they not not win win the belts, but still come out looking the best? How do Alistair and Ricochet do that? <laughs> um, black massing everybody. <laughs> so, <laughs> there was, like, 
immediately they go they they just start proving why they're they're some of the best from NXT and they're gonna be some of the best here. That Ricochet does that like triple around the world uh Hurricane Rana takedown on Cesaro that got him uppercut the other the other one where he uh he had Cesaro had Ricochet in the Cesaro Superman swing as Sheamus is doing his weird like that chest bash thing it, he does. It has a it has a name that is specific to like Irish culture. It's like beats on the something drum or something. Mm. I don't specifically remember. But he was just doing it to like three different people while the longest Cesaro big swing of all time was happening in the background to Ricochet. <laughs> I love, I keep seeing clips of it because of how like <laughs> wild it is. This Ricochet is fully in there for, it says 32 rotations is how many there were. That's nuts. <laughs> as as Sheamus did it to like four different competitors, I think. Yeah, I wonder how many rotations were in the Shane one at Royal <laughs> Rumble. Because this one was definitely longer than that one, right? Almost twice as long, I want to say. <laughs> and the Shane one felt really long. <laughs> he put Ricochet into the sharpshooter, but it didn't put him out. Uh, it led to what I think it was the most fun spot where they're all in the corner and they're trying to like uh, superplex or blockbuster or whatever it is. I, oh, I, the like Tower of Doom superplex? Yeah, all, yeah. all the people they had over there and they, they all flip down. But Ricochet, since he was on top, he was able to like flip out of it expertly like it was it was nothing. And it caused them to, like, he he went for 630 that got kicked out of, and then it just led to finisher spam from everyone. <laughs> yeah, super kicking each other and just doing their finishers. Which is, it was so, it was so much fun to watch because they all keep trading, which ends in a brogue kick, which it's always goofy to hear Seamus going, brogue, brogue, brogue. It absolutely is. <laughs> And it knocks out Ricochet, but just in time, the Usos double super kick and uh, double loose and and win, defend their titles. Yeah, I think that's a pretty that's a pretty good ending to this match. All these teams are great. Some would be a little cold if they won the title or the titles at WrestleMania, but for the Usos to have a defense where they should not have won at WrestleMania pretty much solidifies them as the best tag team of this era i think in my mind i mean other than the new day the bar are pretty good but usos are incredible and they survived a match that they shouldn't have so yeah um what do you think about this match overall it was pretty good uh it made pretty yeah. much everyone look look good uh and the Usos get to retain their belt at WrestleMania. So that's cool. Hey, we got a Kinshasa, too. Like, yeah. It was about, like, two Kinshasas, <laughs> but they weren't sold as as much as Corey Graves used to sell Kinshasas, which I get it, but we don't damn, get to the see Kinshasa's them. a cool knee strike. 
as, as much anymore. Yeah. Um. All right. Secretly, the best match of WrestleMania: The Miz versus Shane McMahon in a False Count Anywhere match. <sighs> the Miz defending the uh, the honor of Mister Miz against the billionaire, the billionaire son of a billionaire, Shane O'Mac. Oh man, was this a good match? This was exactly what I wanted it to be, and they told us it was going to be this good last Tuesday when the Miz drug. Uh, fucking sanity around the arena and killed them. <laughs> yeah, they told us it was gonna be this good because this match was in the ring for probably like two of its like twelve minutes of runtime. Yeah, you got Mister Miz uh, defending the Miz at one point with his fists up in the ring. The Miz That's was knocked great. the fuck out by a TV monitor on the announcer's table, and Shane was gonna. Jump off some shit, but Miz, Miz dad came to say, no, you're not going to jump off some shit. So Shane started to attack Miz dad and made Miz mad. <laughs> and this is, this is when we start to, uh, leave the ring. <coughs> yeah. And it's just, it's all over. And it's mostly just the Miz being like, I am, I am tired of your shit. This is, this is fucked up why why do you just yeah you're the boss's son why do you get to do whatever you want stop it please god stop pretty pretty much echoing how i think most people feel at least how i feel (laughs) about shane mcmahon on television currently they they were like they were fighting on the international commentary tables which was just fun because you could hear the they they gave us like the audio of them like frantically doing their commentary while they were fighting so we got to hear them chattering uh, uh, he put Shane through one of the tables it didn't work and no. threw him threw him off of, of off of it onto like where the where golf carts and stuff are yeah, it's like a security area or it might be like a it might be, I don't know how MetLife Stadium is, it might be just, like, where you, like, walk through to get to the lower bowl, and then, like, you walk yeah. to your seats from there. Yeah, or it could be, like, all sorts of stuff going on here. <laughs> um, but he landed on a golf cart and slid off, like, five <laughs> feet from the top of the golf cart to concrete and landed, like, on his back. Yeah. Their their battling led them over to where the like, all the lighting is, and there's like a super and like super expensive camera equipment over there, and this is when we're like, oh. This is this is when we're getting this is where we're getting the Shane jumps off of some shit. Mm-hmm. And I I was I was hoping it'd be the Miz skull crushing finaleing him off of something. Oh my god, I didn't even think but about that. I feel like going face first on a fault on a big drop is a a hazard. <laughs> and he he gave him a skull crushing finale on top of this thing, but it didn't work. So like when they're on top of here, they're like. They're kind of standing there because they're getting secure for for the spot, and 
Miz gets the superplex onto Shane off of here, which had to have been like a 10-foot drop onto some kind of structure to break their fall. And they're laying there, and a ref comes in, and you look, and like, oh, no. And as the bell rings, Shane's music starts playing, because his are the shoulders that are on top. All Miz had to do was skull-crushing finale him. <laughs> yeah. But Miz cut a social media promo the day after, and pretty much said it best, where it was like, you know, I beat the shit out of him. I won. Yep. I don't care. Shane technically won, but The Miz actually won. Remember when yeah. Braun Strowman threw Kevin Owens off the top of the cage? Sure, yeah. Kevin Owens won that cage match, but Braun actually won that encounter. Absolutely. Secretly, the best match of WrestleMania. Well, I mean, there's a lot of incredible stuff that happened this night, but this one is, is going to be like kind of these moments are going to be replayed forever and it's going to be like, oh yeah, that was at, you know, WrestleMania 35, the mania with all the insane happenings. And I want to rewatch it now that we've talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the kind of, it's shitty that this was sort of a cool off match afterward. Yeah. But it didn't really cool off the crowd. It just got them hotter. Yeah. Yeah. It was the fatal four way for the women's tag team championships. Um, Boston Hug Connection, Sasha Banks and Bailey defend their women's tag titles against Tamina and Nia Jax. Um, Natalia and youngest WWE Hall of Famer of all time, just coming out of retirement for WrestleMania, Beth Phoenix. And the Iconics, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. Who, who had, uh, angel and devil gear on. That oh my was... god, that was awesome. <laughs> That and just, like, I, I really like the entrance to this match, just in general. Um, was this... Was this where the Bailey buddies didn't, like, work properly? A couple of them were just, like, bent over and not inflated. <laughs> I think I think someone mentioned it on commentary, because there were some Bailey buddies that just were not popping up, which was a shame. But the... Hart family entrance with Beth Phoenix and Natalia wearing matching, like, heart pink and black. And then Brett being out there and then walking down to Brett's theme song. I was just marking the fuck out. Like, that ruled. And then Peyton and Billy come out with their horns and, and wings. And I was like, this is WrestleMania pageantry. This is it. This match yeah. is the whole of WrestleMania pageantry. That was awesome. Um... And then the match itself was actually like good for something that the that the crowd didn't give a lot of play to, yeah. And um, was definitely I don't know if it was a centered as a cool off match. It's a title match. Definitely something that there was not a whole lot of buzz about going into it. Ended up being really cool. <laughs> I remember you telling me like, oh, there's gonna be a heart attack towards the end of this match because of all the heart family stuff, and then they did it at like the beginning almost. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, whoa, <laughs> save that. It, it it was still very cool. <laughs> uh, you know what my favorite part about this match was? What was that? There wasn't a whole lot of Nia and Tamina. 
Oh, yeah, there was so little. I can't think of anything they did. Uh, they failed a double splash attempt. Okay, yeah. I don't even remember that. Yeah. That's awesome. It was, uh, it was, it was a fun match. Uh, was Natalia getting a double sharpshooter was very cool on both of our defending champions. And it's, it feels it feels like a strange way to have Beth Phoenix come back if because don't know if she's gonna come back and have a couple more matches or not. Yeah, like if we don't know if it's a WrestleMania thing or not, it feels weird to have yeah have her come back in a Fatal Four Way match where there's other people who have to showcase. Um, she did get a a glam slam in. Uh, yeah, on Peyton. Yeah, and uh, who sold it real good? And S- Sasha Banks got her in the bank statement. We got uh, we got Meteora from Sasha Banks and everything. But um, what what we really saw and what we have to highlight is uh, and it's a little bit shown in Elimination Chamber. Just the tag team improvements by the Iconics. They've gotten significantly better at working as a team and playing to their strengths as characters way more and elimination chamber was definitely the first place that they that they displayed that yeah and it gets even better as you work your way to wrestlemania there wasn't a whole lot of them on the road to wrestlemania after elimination chamber but uh, this night was sort of culminating for that as they uh, as Phoenix delivered a glam slam to Bailey from the top rope. There's a complaint about the match. There was not a whole lot of like Bailey just doing stuff, which was unfortunate, but Beth Phoenix hit uh, a glam slam from the top rope on Bailey, and the iconics just appeared out of they were on the outside of the ring. They just appeared out of nowhere, sort of pushed Beth out of there and pinned Bailey to become the second ever women's tag team champions. What a shock that is at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, it is. My mom my mom was really upset. Um I can see why, but I don't think your mom's going to have to deal with it for too long. <laughs> through, through the through the match she was upset at like any sort of thing like Natalia and Beth, anytime it came close, she's like, Sasha and Bailey better not lose to these two old women. These two old women? <laughs> like, Mom, they're younger than you. <laughs> that's a, that's one you just kind of keep to yourself. <laughs> no, I said that to her. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, it's not by much, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, the difference between like a junior in, in high school and like a freshman. And then uh, to make sure anyone else who's feeling like my mom, they're like, "Hey, fuck you! We're not gonna give you time to feel bad because you're gonna be stressed out." Here's the WWE Championship match halfway through the fucking show. Kofi Kingston versus the new Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship. I'm gonna be honest with you. I was on the edge of... I know I was on the edge of my seat this whole time. 
I don't think I looked at Daniel Bryan once during this match. I don't remember what Daniel Bryan's <laughs> trunks or boots look like. I don't remember any <laughs> facial expressions he made. I just didn't look at him at all. I really didn't. I, I honestly have a hard time recalling a lot of this match until the end. It it was a it was a heart race. It was, oh yeah. I know that much. It just I don't know if I can handle uh, another situation like this. So if someone's been with the company for more than three years, give them like a, a couple day title reign. Just Please. so just so I don't have to have to cry. So oh cry is an accurate word. <laughs> I like all the people on uh I like all the people on, on the internet just why are grown men crying about grown men fake fighting? It's like, you don't get how important this one is. You don't understand the gravity of this specific uh, one. I, <laughs> I I was able to talk endlessly about about Gargano and Adam Cole, but that, that one was, uh, there wasn't as much, like, overall weight on there. That was all, like, pure storytelling. Like, you're on the edge of your seat, like, can Goku defeat the man who killed his entire race of people? Can yeah. can can our hero be triumphant? This one was... This, this one was one of those things where, like, what's real, what's not? That's what makes this impressive. Is all the real-world stuff that's behind this match they, that they won't, they won't fully say, but, uh... They kept they kept calling Kofi Kingston first, without specifically saying what he's first. <laughs> like it's his first WWE Championship match. That's also something that's well. This is his first singles match for the WWE title. He's been in Elimination Chamber matches. He's been in like triple threats, all that sort of gimmick matches. Not a one on one bout for the title, which just adds to. There's been so much keeping him back. He has not gotten his own opportunity for the belt by himself. <laughs> and how many people like him have? One, our truth. You know, it's it, that's why it means so much more. Like we said on this podcast, it's about Kofi Kingston being the first black WWE champion, and you know. There were a lot. I wish I had like the soundbite of it on my phone to like embed in a comment or something. There were so many people just going like, "No, he's not the Rock." We talked about that at length. Yeah, with the Rock. <laughs> yes, the Rock is half black. Kofi Kingston is born in Africa, <laughs> black. <laughs> yeah, like that. There's a, there's a little bit of a difference there. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> This this match just had had all all those great moments where you just you just feel defeated. Uh, Daniel Bryan got so many different finishers. They they had they had that perfect storytelling moment when when uh, he was locked into the label lock and the ref pulled up his arm, you know, to do the drop. And if it hits the floor, he's out. But right before it hits. Kofi's holding it, and we have the New Day ringside who are just like just as shocked with him, like <laughs> freaking the fuck out. See, I don't remember that. I don't remember the 
the holding the arm up and dropping it. I don't. That's, and I, I was no. like locked into this match, and I don't remember anything from it. I don't even know. Maybe my brain was like, "That was traumatic. Forget that." Like, it, it was. It was so great. Everything in this match was so good. If I, you don't I like wrestling. Thing watch it if you're not a wrestling fan watch it anyway somehow you're gonna enjoy this i can remember one specific thing from this match and it's kofi on the outside of the ring and rowan is there and then uh xavier tries to like jump off of the stairs and knee him and he like pushes xavier in midair and then biggie tries to like come up and like he maybe pushed him or did the iron claw to him and then Big E tries to come up and like grab him to suplex him or like punch him or something and then he sort of like kicks Big E out of the way and then Kofi trouble in paradise is him and then yeah that, that was great because it was like he didn't th- that's an incredible way to stop the like angry 13 year old in your life who's like well, he had help from his friends. He should have had to beat Rowan too. That's fucked up, dude. Rowan would have stopped him. Nope, he stopped Rowan as well. <laughs> like <Yeah>. nothing <laughs> was gonna stop him this night. Yeah, <laughs> and they because of that they were able to get an up, up, down, down on Rowan, which was incredible. <laughs> That's <laughs> what it what it got. <laughs> he kicked out of a knee. He kicked out of multiple knees. And kicking out of the knee is wild. And uh, it was he's able to get out of the lock by just real real rough kicks and strikes which you know when they bring out someone striking to get out of a hold or submission that's the, the match is some real shit cuz you see them in submissions like you could just like elbow him or something pretty easily why aren't you yeah and this is just showing kofi kicks is going to do whatever it takes and you get you get that standoff where he trouble in paradise is basically through a knee and hits daniel bryan and he gets the pin and i jump up screaming because it's unbelievable and then i sit back down as they're celebrating and my mom's like, "Are you crying?" Like, no, no. I, I, I was, I was unashamed. I was crying. <laughs> I was like on my knees in the living room crying. I can remember the end of it pretty well because he was getting the stomps in on Daniel that he that's, that Daniel does. You hold the the hands up, yeah, and then you and you stomp the head. Daniels are way more vicious than Kofi's, but Kofi was fatigued by this point, and he was stomping him and then he went to the other side of the ring and daniel sort of stood up and then trouble in paradise they like daniel i think was doing a knee and he he hit the trouble in paradise and got the pin and i couldn't believe it like no matter how correct it seemed for him to win this had happened before right i know this is a different time but i bring it up a lot triple h and booker t there's no way Booker T is supposed to lose that, and he does somehow. There's no way Daniel Bryan is supposed to lose this, or or is supposed to win this, and he didn't. And it's just yeah. that's the. I I don't want to say it's the right right thing because like I don't book wrestling. I don't know. I th- I th- it definitely seems like the right thing, but 
Jesus, what a masterpiece. And then Kofi's kids come in and his oldest son is holding the belt up. They they take they take the old champion, not the old championship, the new uh, earth-friendly green championship and sort of throw it to the side. And there's a podium outside the ring with the, uh, with the old leather WWE championship. And it has the Kofi side plates already. Biggie brings the present out that he that he had um, ready for for Kofi, and it's the the there's a new champ. Yes, there is shirts, and everyone's putting them on and celebrating. It's like someone won the Super Bowl. It's incredible. Yeah, and and they even they even did a great thing uh, with those shirts because there's a they thought of everything. There's a well, if they had the shirts made up, then they cause that's fake, dude. Kofi was gonna win no matter what. Later on in the show, they had the B team model Daniel Bryan shirts. Yeah, uh, that he would have <laughs> been able to sell on WWE Shop if he won. Yeah, and I think Corey Graves said something about, "Oh, you can have to send those to a third world country tomorrow or something yep. like that." Like it's, <laughs> like they thought they for this specific segment of the show, they thought of everything. <laughs> like it is, it is. One of the most perfect wrestling matches you could ever watch in your life. A plus. <laughs> Give them all a raise. Kofi and Kofi's oldest son is like cut for the business already. It's, he was getting so into it. That was, yeah. that was so great yeah. to watch. He was. Yeah. Like imagine being as old as he is like four or five, maybe six and be having the confidence to stand up on the top rope in front of millions yeah. of people. Is this the amount of people that are there? That would scare any little kid. <laughs> yeah. 80, 84,000. He didn't give he's a just, shit. He's playing into the energy. He's making like intense faces, tossing out shirts to the crowd. Like, Yeah. He was just so stoked about like WrestleMania and his dad winning that he just, like I said, most kids would just be like, oh, fuck, I'm scared. You know, yeah, like, yeah. He was not. <laughs> Sign him to a PC contract now. <laughs> Get, just just plan it out. Just on your 18th birthday, show up here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's such, such a good thing. I thought Biggie's gift was going to be a custom belt. I thought they were going to... Oh, like the tag ones? Like the strap was going to be the new I thought day, it was going to be like, like bright blue. And... blue. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been thinking. sick. I was thinking it was going to be something like that. I wonder what's going to happen to the green earth-friendly belt. Well, I was missing some pieces out of it, if you noticed, so. I noticed. Oh, really? Yeah, if you look at, like, this render of Daniel Bryan on, like, the right side, all those, all those little white squares are there. They're not on the belt. There's, like, chunks missing on the, on the belt. <laughs> oh that's weird okay well i would you know fix it up and then like put it in the wwe building it's a it's a fucking good looking belt <laughs> i'm gonna that's like the worst part about all this i'm gonna miss that belt they should sell replicas yes so. they should so after that we got a pointless match the longest match of the night yep uh, I, I think, uh, Ray's probably still injured. Yeah. That's what this is, unfortunately. Uh, he got the custom, he had the custom gear made, so he had to wear it, come out, and then Joe put him to sleep. Uh, I know it has to be something with him tweaking his ankle, because Dominic didn't get involved, but he's still gotta have the match, and it makes Joe look strong. 
And yeah, that's the best thing about it is it solidifies Joe as like a strong champ. And it's and it shortened the card. <laughs> and this is a good way to come off. I guess if you're gonna do that, while people are screaming about uh, Kofi Kingston winning the WWE Championship, uh, by the time they're done screaming, they're like, "Oh, Rey Mysterio's dead." Yeah, the next two matches are pretty good, calm down matches, honestly. Yeah, because the one after that was Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. It sure was a return to form for Roman, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, McIntyre dominating. Roman Reigns mounts. Gets gets a comeback. <laughs> he gets the Superman punch. Superman punch gets dodged. He gets another punch and gets a spear. Wins. Me forgetting who this is. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> Reigns did seem a little off in this match. Uh... Big Dog wasn't on the following Raw or SmackDown, so let's just let him chill. I think. Yeah, there's, there's not a whole a lot idea. of a reason for him to be on Raw or SmackDown. He beat just some asshole who was running his mouth. Yeah. And he probably does still need long recovery periods. He needs to get his ring shape back. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he's pretty close, but. How did this match end? Was it a Superman punch or a spear? Spear into a pin. <laughs> Okay. All right. The next segment. <laughs> oh, boy. This so next they, they had, this is great because they had an elaborate setup for Elias to play. Like, ladies and gentlemen, Elias. It's video. I'm like, oh, they're going to play a video thing. That's him setting up drums. Ladies and gentlemen, Elias. He's on piano. They start, like, playing a little tune. Ladies and gentlemen, Elias, and he's in the ring, <laughs> and they set up like a ta uh, a tandem performance, which is that's really cool to do. It was pretty cool, and he get he gets that cool uh, setup, and then there's a video that played on because he's about get, getting ready to play like the video per, per, full performance, and then it switches to a video of Babe Ruth calling where he was going to send the ball hitting the home run and after that what do we see cameron what do we see word life the doctor of thugonomics is here oh my God. It, this this hit me pretty hard because i specifically remember this john cena pretty vividly <laughs> nuts he comes down and I don't specifically remember a lot of the rhymes that he spit on Elias dissing him. But they were definitely not TVPG. They were absolutely TV14. Yeah. And then he... I, I know he said at one point... Uh, he said, um... Tonight there's not gonna be an AA. You're just gonna get an F you. And yeah. Then... I... Honestly, I don't have a whole lot to say about this other than, like, I loved it and I want him <laughs> to stay like this for a fun. while. Have Cena reached 13 by by winning the Universal title as Thugonomics, Cena. The, yeah. Hell yes. I'm cool with that. Because after, I, I made a joke about that on Twitter and then I realized he probably will win 18 with the Universal title because he can hold, that means he'll have held, like, every single title. Basically, in the company. 
Except for like Cruz weight title, but Cena's not slimming down for that. Yeah, he can't. Yeah, there's no way. Um, and he did like the full Ryan thing. I love pumping up the airbag shoes before he delivers the fu. Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> that was hilarious. That's just the most like extra stupid bullshit. Yes, <laughs> I love the pumping. I remember seeing it. I was watching like Mania twenty six or something. Maybe like twenty four, and he was he was, it was when he beat uh, Big Show for the United States title to open the show, um, and he he pumped up the Air Max before doing the five knuckle shuffle, and I was just like, oh my god, that is that's great, and he and he just I don't know where he found a pair of those. Maybe he just had them from back in the day, <laughs> but that was hilarious. The whole thing was great. If Doctor of Thugonomics is to John Cena as uh, Biker Taker is to Undertaker, sure, fine. Just bust it out whenever you want. I'm cool with it. He's the demon. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. That was, that was great. Um, you want to talk about old men? Uh, not really. This match sucked. <laughs> I'm gonna say that right now. I was fucking bored. This drug on way too goddamn long. It was like 25 minutes. That is way too long for either of these men to be going. Yep. I I, I, I want to believe that if a Big Papa Dave was wrestling someone else, it would have been more exciting. But Triple H is old and just got a massive pectoral injury. Uh, yeah. It's I, I, I pretty much agree with the sentiment. Like, as much as I like Batista... He's 50 years old. Yeah. He did say after the match the, the next day that he that is it for him. He is done with professional wrestling, um, which is fine. You yeah. know, I would much rather these guys retire at 50 than just keep showing up into their 60s for yeah. to, to squash like a 27-year-old. I hate that a lot, yeah. actually. The, uh, and this just... It's confusing, right? Like, I don't know what to think because... Triple yeah, H is not beat up face. an old man, but Triple H is is a bad guy here. The way he talks and carries himself and everything that he's done in, throughout the course of his WWE career, he's not a good guy. <laughs> so... And you know he's definitely not going to lose because it's for his career. Yeah. Which, if, if Batista was going to retire anyway, he should have just made it career versus career. Yeah. The, the big things that stood out to me is when Triple H ripped out the nose ring, which that's not a face move no matter what. <laughs> yep. Sorry. That's even less of a face He's, move. That's more of a heel move than Seth Rollins doing the low blow. Like He operates in this, like, this no man's land, lawless... So I'm, uh, so I'm the vice executive of all this stuff. I can do I can, whatever I want. I can do what I want and people will like me for it because I'm Triple H. And... I kind of just realized during the, the his entrance that was someone said on I, I should remember the names of these people on Reddit so I can shout them out. They're never gonna know regardless, more than likely. But there's someone on Reddit who said there's nothing as like just fucking lame as shit as Triple H's cheesy Mad Max entrance <laughs> going through. Which at first I was like, Oh shit, it's a Mad Max entrance and then the CG was terrible. And then one car came out, and I was like, yeah, that's okay. It's probably one of the set cars from Mad Max, and look into it. And then after it's done, and the car turns off, and the Triple H's music starts playing, Michael Cole goes, 
Michael Cole, a bastion of incredible one-liners like the moody <laughs> Alistair Black, goes, How cool was that? Okay, sure. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. That's, I, it's that's just Triple H two seconds before jumping onto that truck. Put me over. Put me over. <laughs> yeah. it's It was fine. He had the most elaborate entrance out of anyone on the card. And it's a match between two 50-year-olds that went on for fucking 10 minutes too long, 15 minutes too long. I feel, uh, yeah, it had to run over. It felt way too long. I, it was it was exciting, I guess, in the end because Ric Flair handed Triple H a sledgehammer. So, sure, Ric Flair I... got his comeuppance for on Batista. But yeah, that's fine. I'm I'm fine with that. I just this just wasn't done well, and I guess you could just pick who you wanted, but it doesn't matter in the end. Triple H was always going to win. So yeah. that's really all I got to say about that. Kind of. As brief as I want to be with the next match, too. Yeah. Uh, the thing with the next match is a lot of people are sad that Kurt Angle goes out on a loss. And unfortunately, that's that's what happens when you retire, is you lose. Putting over other talent, even if you're Kurt Angle. And that's definitely a that's a very Kurt Angle thing to do, right? Is he's yeah. Outside of kayfabe, he probably loves Baron Corbin. He, he likes how good he is at wrestling. He loves yeah. his heel work. And he doesn't want to go out going over him just to feel good one last time, right? Yeah. He had his little tour, you know, the weeks leading up to Mania. He's going to let this guy beat him to solidify, like, okay, you're strong and people know it. You beat Kurt Angle in his farewell match. Yeah. And I think that's fine. It's a little disappointing, but his moment that he got with the crowd afterward. Angle uh, went was... for a moonsault, which was wild. Yes. That was, <laughs> I was so afraid of that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, but it turned out pretty well. I think Baron Corbin also mocking John the John Cena. That's a good. That's a good way to keep keep the heel heat moving. What did he do with he, about John Cena? He did the "You Can't See Me" thing. Oh yeah, that's right. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Corbin's a great heel. Yeah. I won't say that he's a heel that I like <laughs> just because you know sometimes you like heels, but he's a really good heel. Yeah. He's like, you love to hate him type heel. Yeah. And this adds to it. Mm -hmm. But there's more Kurt Angle tomorrow when we talk about Raw in a couple minutes. Um, We're going to speed through those because... Yeah. 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 Um, Running long and also Raw after WrestleMania wasn't great. It was not. (laughs) Um, So next there was the Intercontinental Championship match between the Demon Finn Balor and Intercontinental Champion Bobby Lashley who had green contacts in and that made him look really cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, it made him look like a vampire hunter. And I mean, <laughs> some half-breed vampire hunter blade type thing. And I mean, Finn Balor's a demon, so it's kind of fit. But this yeah. match was pretty brief, I'd say. Did not go long. Yeah. Finn Balor he kicked pre- out of some spears, which was good. Um, Leo Rush was scared of the demon. <laughs> yes! Bobby, help me! Uh, the the highlight of this is Finn Balor power bombing the almighty dominator Bobby Lashley. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit! Nuts. <laughs> right. If you if you think if you thought the demon was gonna lose, hey, I don't know what you're thinking. Demon's undefeated. People, 
well, why isn't Finn Balor always the demon? Me. Because it wouldn't be as cool then. Because it's not interesting. <laughs> yep. So he, like you predicted, they took the belt off of Finn so he could have his WrestleMania moment. Pretty worth, I think. And I don't think Bobby's going anywhere for a while, so it's he'll he'll get some more good moments. I think they're going to turn him face soon. But we have one last match to talk about. A historic women's. first ever women's main event of WrestleMania. Triple threat winner take all match between Raw Women's Champion Ronda Rousey, SmackDown Women's Champion, newly minted SmackDown Women's Champion Charlotte Flair, and the man Becky Lynch. First off, I have to say, Charlotte's entrance, holy, that's WrestleMania pageantry right there, too. Yeah, it is. That's fucking great. <laughs> that's A+, plus coming in on a, in a helicopter. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's good. So a lot of those shots of her in the helicopter with the title looking over MetLife Stadium, exquisite. That's fucking good. Well, she just dropped it out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Drops the belt over the ring and goes, I'm signing with Impact as the helicopter flies away. <laughs> we, we, I'll we were... be honest, I didn't see Joan Jett play Ronda out. I went to the bathroom. Yeah, that's fine because she didn't do she didn't do a very good job. Not in a I think Joan Jett and the Blackhearts are a bad band or they half assed it. It's uh They're getting old. <laughs> yeah, Joan Jett was like in her twenties in the eighties, so like Playing live is probably kind of hard still, especially if you haven't been. I don't know what their tour schedules have been like the last thirty years. If you, yes. Oh, this was a callback to Ric Flair at Great American Bash '85. That's awesome. The helicopter <laughs> thing. That's. I gotta go watch that. And then Becky just came out as Becky Lynch. Yeah, but she <laughs> looked cool. She. She always looks really cool. She looked but extra this was, cool tonight. She did look extra cool, I'll say that, yeah. Um, and then, I thought there was going to be belt unifying because there was something at ringside like there was during the Kofi... Um, they just put the belts on pedestals. I, I, yeah, I feel like there was something on one of them beforehand, but I could totally hmm. be wrong. Because they put the... Daniel Bryan's new title on a pedestal with like the old one that Kofi took underneath it under like a cloth. So I was like, are they going to unify the belts here? They didn't after the match was over, but the match itself, let's dig in. <sighs> well, Ronda Rousey, uh, unintentionally buried herself immediately by delivering a bunch of Piper's pits and then they did nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My finisher is weak. <laughs> That's... <whew. laughs> Ronda Rousey just made me more and more upset and more and more happy that she's uh, leaving or not going to be there. For a little bit, anyway. Yeah. We know because she didn't show up either night <laughs> after. Is there, is there anything uh, specifically that, that, you, that you liked from this match? Um, I like Charlotte Flair a lot. I liked the double natural selection. That was very good. I liked how emotional she was throughout the match. Charlotte does a lot of talking to herself during matches. Yeah. And on this stage with how, like, you, you could hear pretty much everything during this match. Yeah. Um. Especially when Rousey yelled, um, 
get you bitch or something like that. What, what was the exact quote? You chop. You chop like, like a bitch. Yeah. yeah. Okay. She said something else when she was running at Becky at one point about something bitch. Hmm. I assume and... she just wanted to keep calling him bitch. Yeah. This isn't an excuse for us to keep saying bitch. It's what she did. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of good like come on you can do this and that always like that's like anime character to me even yeah. though charlotte flair is kind of a shitty heel right now yeah i still have a ton of appreciation for charlotte flair um i really wasn't wanting her to win this match in any way even though i did predict it last week as much as i like her i don't think that that would be like the best thing to do yeah. But she was not in this match as much as I would have thought she would have been. Yeah. So this is just kind of like the Charlotte Flair appreciation thread. That's what I liked a lot of. I want to appreciate Charlotte. I got to mention also that Table not doing the job for the match. That's... Thanks, Table. Breaking in a really awkward place. Yeah, not Charlotte... Not seeming broken at all. Charlotte's not good with those ch- table spots. That happened at TLC. Yeah. Like the, almost the same exact thing. Which is weird because she's taller than a lot of the women on the roster, which means she probably weighs more and she's not afraid to sell things. So she just has bad luck with tables. Remember Ronda Rousey flipping over table and we were like, yeah, you got tables are for bitches. That's why you guys cheer for the table. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's like a shitty kid in seventh grade. You like that, that thing's gay and that's why you like it. Yeah. Why are you using the noob combo? That's fucking lame. Just just four-shot them. Okay. Can I just play this thing? Can we just enjoy the thing we enjoy? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm amazed that uh, towards the end of the match, you just keep going, it doesn't matter if I lose, it's all fake. This is all fake. Yeah, that's, it's, it's that level of like, why was she not doing that? <laughs> I'm surprised that she wasn't doing that. Uh, and the match, uh, didn't end great. I'm blaming Rhonda's, the Rhonda hate thread now. (laughs) There's a, there's conflicting reports of what was supposed to happen. All right, tell these to me. I didn't read this, actually. Charlotte was supposed to tap. And Rousey was mad because she got pinned and she didn't want to get pinned. Two. Rousey was supposed to keep her shoulders down, but she didn't. Three, it was supposed to go on longer, and Rousey was supposed to take the pin in a similar spot, but it wasn't supposed to happen the first time. All of them, Ronda Rousey's mad. I I believe the last one, I believe a combination of the last one and the second one, where I, I could see some of her, like, I could see some of her greenness kind of being like oh shit were we supposed to do it here and then she sort of like kicked out and then went back down on accident and then he kept counting and they yeah. were just like okay that's it yep. the ending was absolutely botched but or that the ref fucked up was another one is that he wasn't the, the ref could have count. easily fucked up absolutely he could have easily fucked up but still a lot of that can be attributed to ronda it definitely seemed like oh we should do this again and the match should have gone on longer um, 
But it's fine that it ended when it did. Mania was... It was already the longest ever. If it was supposed to go for another five minutes, what is that even going to do? Yeah. You know, like... It's going to make the match a little bit better, but we've already been watching seven hours of wrestling in the moment. It's okay that it ended swiftly. Yeah. I just uh, would have liked for her arm, her shoulders to stay down for all three counts. Yeah, It would have been nice to see more of a celebration from uh, Becky as well as she got I, the pin. I, I'm just... I'm actually disappointed that they didn't do, like, all the faces on the stage, like, celebrating with At with the top Becky. of the ramp? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, that... Yeah. Because they, they... Kofi, they were Demon doing... Finn Balor, <laughs> and fucking, um, the Usos, uh, Ryder and Hawkins, you know, even if they're not yeah. super important, just all the faces come out and kind of toast with her, basically. Everyone holds yeah. up their belt, and she holds up her belts, and hey, we fucking did it. Everyone said, like none of us were going to be able to do it or people doubted us or there's no way they're all going to leave mania winning and they did like rollins yeah that would have been fine but oh well we got pretty much all we wanted how do you how do you feel about this mania and how do you feel about this one compared to last year's last year's sucked this one was good Last year's, I would, in comparison to, before I would have said last year was like a C plus. Comparison now, last year's like a C minus, and this one's like an A. There's really not many bad spots to this mania. It's mania, it goes long. Yeah, it should maybe be a two day event, but that's expensive. The season finale has happened. Are you ready for the season premiere less than 24 hours later? You know, they should they should take a fucking week off after WrestleMania because I feel like a fucking asshole as soon as the copyright logo pops up. They, sw- they switch to playing the beginning of WrestleMania again. I'm like, huh. I'm going to be watching three hours in less than 24 hours. Yeah, they abs- this should be like a... They should leave a until like... Break. At least. A, even a, a week break after Mania would be great, and then after SummerSlam, not have anything until Rumble. Maybe have after Rumble have like sporadic, um, have sporadic house shows or like um, Starcade type stuff, right? Like you don't need to have weekly Raw, SmackDown, Two Hundred Five Live. After not after Rumble, after SummerSlam, because. You know, with the thing by um, John Oliver, like, you gotta give these people time off. Like, it's... If you think about, like, everyone, not just, like, Seth Rollins and Kofi Kingston and Becky Lynch, like, the people who, like, move the shit. Like, the writers. Like, the people who, like, do the lighting and the cameramen. People who drive the trucks. These people work 365 days a year. If you just take a break between August and January and then give them a little bit of work in there, you wouldn't make as much money, but you wouldn't have as many medical bills to rack up with people like just getting sick because they're not living well or because their bodies are broken down, which, I mean, they don't even pay the medical bills most of the time, but... And it would just be better for the viewer, right? Like, we'd have a couple months of like, oh, what's going to happen? The... Raw after Rumble, oh man, Undisputed Era, oh my god, it's gonna be crazy, you know, like, I definitely want there to be a break, but, this episode's going long, let's get through the week after Mania. Let's just, uh, let's just bullet point things, cause neither of them were fantastic. <laughs> yeah, okay, so, um, to open Raw, Seth Rollins comes out and is like, hey, Brock's gone, 
I didn't do anything Brock wouldn't have done. I'm Universal Champion, the f- fighting Universal Champion. And then the New Day music hit, and it was like, oh my god, this is not their show. And they came out and celebrated a little bit and congratulated each other, and Kofi was like, you know, I really liked that main event last night where it was winner take all. We should do that tonight with our belts. And Seth was like, what? Okay. Very weird um, thing to happen directly after. Yeah. I know they telegraphed it a little too well by being like, no shield, no new day. Just me and you. It's like, oh, there's going to be no one who can stop running. Me, a dumbass. It's going to be Undisputed Era. Realistic. Lol, the bar. The the bar, yeah. The bar, lol. Um, Baron Corbin celebrated retiring Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle came out and put him in an, uh, an angle lock, an ankle lock, and Angle slammed him. And then as he was kind of getting one last moment in the uh, ring with Raw, the Raw crowd, what we said earlier, you know, he likes putting talent over. Uh, Lars Sullivan, someone that I don't, and according to some of the people I've talked to on Squared Circle, don't give a shit about anymore. Uh, yeah. Came out, came out, and freak accidented uh, Kurt Angle. So yeah, we have to deal with another big man Superman booking. Um, yeah, commentary Alexa can Bliss try is... and put him over, but they can't tell me he's interesting. He's he's not interesting. You're not interesting for cutting promos and then writing a promo down using a thesaurus to change up some of the words. That I don't care. And also, he's a bad person. Um. Uh, Alexa Bliss is back in ring. She's back on uh, top. Yeah, putting Bailey down. I don't know why it couldn't be someone else. Bailey gets two wells, two nights in a row. I don't know why it couldn't have been Alicia Fox. Or Mickey James, even I guess they were friends. Yeah, that makes sense. They were those three were friends, sort of. So yeah, Bailey losing to Bliss. Bliss is back. Everyone is pumped about Bliss being back. That's good. Um, hey, think of the out the upside. Remember how uh, the end of the Becky Lynch collection is her losing to Alexa Bliss. Maybe yeah. that can be. Maybe there can be some comeuppance there. Oh, I'm into that. <laughs> Yes, that's awesome. But first, Becky Lynch has to celebrate um, her champ champ status as yeah. Raw and SmackDown Women's Champion uh, champion holder. Um, she just sort of came out and was like, hey, I, nine years ago I worked at a bar like a mile from here in Brooklyn. And now I'm this. So A year ago yeah. I was on the pre-show. Yeah. Uh, a year and a half ago, I was the captain of the SmackDown Women's Survivor Series team. Now I'm holding both of the women's singles belts in WWE. And then, that dreaded sound, Jory. Yeah, Lacey Evans came out. Me. Oh boy, she's gonna do the thing again. And then she punches Becky? And then all I can think is uh, Vince as Becky's about to deliver that promo. Wait a minute, that's not the blonde one. <laughs> How come the blonde, the non-blonde one has belts? Uh, you said to do that last night. God damn it! Yeah, so Lacey Evans uh, they had a... maybe is laying claim to the titles. Yeah, they had a brawl. 
Yeah, brawl. Becky looks strong. Out of a disarm her. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dean Ambrose is having his legit last match in WWE, which is going to be against uh, Bobby Lashley, who just lost his Intercontinental Championship the night before. Yeah. As Bobby Lashley comes out, he he says to Dean on the mic, "Don't worry, Dean. When you're gone, I'll take care of your wife." And then there wasn't a match because uh, Dean Ambrose tried to beat the shit out of him, but then was put through the announcer's table in front of his wife. Yep. And on Dean Ambrose's last Raw, probably, they finally acknowledged that Renee Young and Dean Ambrose are married. Completely. Completely. His yeah. his broken body through the announcer's table, and Renee walked up and was kind of like, Hey, can we get help? Are you okay, my husband of mine? And I was like, Appar- wow. Apparently, uh, after the the show ended, uh, Roman, Seth, and Dean had a send-off. Yeah, I saw that. They were all crying. Well, Roman wasn't, but the other two were. <laughs> hey, we got a return. Yeah, Sami Zayn's back. I wish they wouldn't Yay. have shown him walking backstage, and they just would have cut from commercial yeah, to, that's to, entirely to his music. Uh, he came out, he tripped, fell on his butt. <laughs> Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> and he came down to the ring and uh, talking about, hey, I'm back and I want to wrestle. And then Finn Balor comes down. I'm like, oh, all right. And then the bell rings and the announcer goes, this is a match for the Intercontinental title. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> if Sammy, yeah, yeah. Sammy Zayn wins the Intercontinental title, I'm going to cry for the third night in a row because of wrestling, <laughs> basically. And uh, it's mostly Sami Zayn showing off how limber he is. <laughs> yeah. Cause um, he lost and then gave a uh, grade A promo about how WWE is bad because of the fans. He's right. The fans are toxic. He's right. I mean, it's hard to, it is really hard to deny that you're toxic when um instead of watching Aleister Black and Ricochet versus Rudin Gable you're doing the wave or celebrating that someone's getting kicked out you can't say that you're not sorry after that we got an Elias performance in which he said fuck the doctor of thugonomics I'm gonna get this song out finally tonight and the next person who interrupts me is a dead man big pop from the crowd dong hits <laughs> it's yep. been a while since i've been the able donk. to say that it's been a whole year since that started <laughs> wow yeah. wow the dong happens undertaker comes out does the undertaker thing why they didn't have the undertaker at wrestlemania who knows they alluded to it with the like locker room that's in mortuary on it and then like we said the uh the match at the end of raw got interrupted by the bar and turned into a tag match where they won yeah Kofi pinned Cesaro we're truly in the new era of WWE we got everything we wanted at Wrestlemania didn't happen right away (laughs) I think what what sucks about it what what sucks about it with Raw especially is people are just really mad about the the bar thing and um like even this says it was a blatant bait and switch the likes of which you would expect from the dying days of WCW yeah, but like these two just worked really long uh, programs to get the belts that they just had. One of them's not going to lose it the next night after Mania. That's not going to happen. It does suck, but it happened. Let it let it 
carry the show a little bit. Boo the bar next time you see them. Which did happen. Yeah. Um, Smackdown real quick. The, the New Day celebration for Kofi Kingston's victory. The bar came out. Got their boos. And then challenged uh, the New Day to a... Uh, <laughs> to a, a tag team match with their new friend Drew McIntyre. We forgot to mention Big E doing the splits on both nights. Yeah, got a huge and pop. That getting, got it, yeah, just getting huge crowd reaction of Big E just sitting in the splits for like three minutes at a time. Yeah. That's great. Um, yeah, they, they added, to, to spoil the New Day's fun, they took the two whitest guys in the company and added the next whitest in-ring performer in the company. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, it's good that they're not just continuing like, oh, Drew and Roman, you know, or whatever else. Um, but uh, after that, Alistair Black, Ricochet, and Mustafa Ali faced uh, Rusev, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Andrade Cien Almas in a six-man tag match. Road Dog yeah. is celebrating somewhere. Faces win. Randy Orton does the RKO, which is I sleep. And then Kevin Owens comes out and does a stunner. That's cool. Samoa Joe gets Braun to come out into the ring. Braun's going to yeah. be on SmackDown because SmackDown is going to be on Fox. I sleep. Ye- yep. Probably going to be United States champion soon as well. Women's tag team championship match between the new women's tag team champions, the Iconics. <laughs> they face the Brooklyn Bells, who are yeah, just some good. chicks they found. This in- is good. In New York, <laughs> yeah. and this is good. Could could beat them pretty easily. The only the only thing I have to say about this is uh, you the the whole fucking point of the pose is you have the belts. Don't have the belts on your fucking shoulder if you're gonna do the goddamn pose. Jesus no Christ, kidding. that was no stupid. Kidding. And then no uh, kidding. Paige, Paige said she has a tag team. Who's it gonna be? Sky Pirates. Hopefully. <laughs> Sky, definitely Sky Pirates. Um, Shane McMahon uh, gloats over his WrestleMania victory against The Miz. This was yeah. basically just him bullying Greg Hamilton, the announcer, for like three minutes. Yeah. Dragging him around by his tie and trying to get him to do the best in the world properly, which he held f- at WrestleMania for like 40 seconds. Yeah. So he did it again tonight, and then the, and then not the Miz, uh, Shane McMahon left, and then here's a fucking stupid thing: SmackDown Tag Team Championship match, Usos versus the Hardy Boys. The Hardys win, and then Lars comes out and beats the shit out of both of the Hardys. It's exciting to see the Usos versus the Hardys, but then they ruin any sort of fun you could have by having Lars With Sullivan. Lars Sol- also, the Hardys, um. Hardy's being tag champions is it's whatever like I'd rather the Usos hold it for 700 days than older guys that can't really like go too well like Jeff can Matt has a hard time but I mean I respect the Hardys and I think it's 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 fine I'm not happy about it but best thing is um on Rebby's uh snapchat they have like replicas of every belt. Both all the belts, both of them have one. Matt and Jeff at the. I think that's party most compound. of what it was for. <laughs> they, they have like, Rebby's like thing for it was like we we don't have room for this shit anymore. It's like every belt in WWE and TNA. It, there's like a replica of it there. It's like Jesus, this is insane. There's like forty five belts in that room. <laughs> it's really cool. 
But yeah, fuck Lars. Um, I don't care about that. I really don't. I We already have Lars, and he's Braun, and then we're going to have it again. Unless there's some sort of collision for Lars and Braun, I don't... You just have two of them, but one for each brand. That's No, that's it. That's, sure, a SummerSlam match. Or not SummerSlam, a Survivor Series match. Otherwise, you're just ruining good things. Becky Lynch then said uh, in a promo that she realizes two belts means twice as much work. And she's going to do that. And then she got the women's right from Lacey Evans. That Lacey Evans just left. Yeah. Knocked her out. Knocked out the champ and left. This is a good, um, I think, small feud for her to have until the next big pay-per-view. Kind of sucks that she's getting skyrocketed after doing nothing for three months, but... Yeah, I, I guess main event counts, but not really. No. <laughs> Could have had her beating Mickey James and Alicia Fox in a series on TV. Yeah, their faces. You know, if you want to do something with Dana Brooke. That's something we forgot to mention. Dana Brooke's weird promo on Raw. She yeah. kind of said she's wants opportunities. Dana Brooke like her here. It's it's weird, but that's that's cool. She gets me on TV. I think she's a great wrestler, but she seemed really nervous during. It was the real moment, real so. stiff. All right, and then the main event: Jury New Day versus the Bar and McIntyre. The Bar doesn't win, lol, and then they celebrate. Yeah, yeah. The whole Kofi's family. Wife. His wife. Co- Kofi's night. wife is is nickname or her name is Chichi, and the crowd started chanting Chichi. Yeah, that's that's good. <laughs> And then his son got another chance to <laughs> to show off, to celebrate, flex in front of a crowd. I think I think they're saving all the uh, the craziness for the the shakeup. Yeah, I definitely think Pete Dunne, Buddy Murphy, and Sky Pirates are coming in. Mm. Um, I think EO and Kyrie will just show up. And I think they'll be women's tag champions next week. I think that's a big. Pro- that's my big prediction for SmackDown next week. Sky Pirates are women's tag champs. <laughs> you got any predictions for the shakeup? Any call ups? Not really. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I, I after like last year when they did just like nonsense, I, I'm not even gonna try and think of think of call ups or a shake-ups. lot of last year's call ups didn't fucking mean anything either. Undisputed Era, I'd like to, but we'll see. It, I almost want to look at NXT taping spoilers to know about Undisputed Era or not. Oh. I might do that. Oh, I might no. I ruin NXT for a month for myself to find out. Oh, no. And the surprise, too. Well, Jory, that's Mania Weekend. It's big. And that's all of it. Sure it. We've, we sure have expressed every bit of feeling we have. Yeah, I'm pooped. Just as pooped as I was at the end of last night when SmackDown ended after four out of the last five days being wrestling. <laughs> Feels good. <laughs> sure does. So, if you just if you couldn't get enough of us tonight, Cameron, where can they get more of you? Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Cam Hambone, where I complain about video games and wrestling. It's not really complaining, but I mean, like, I got thoughts. You might like them. Let's uh let's tweet at each other. That sounds fun. I don't know why I'm doing like a mobster voice sort of. I'm sorry. Dory, if people like you, where can they get more of you? There's uh there's my Twitter at no I'm Jory, where you can follow me for tweets about stuff. 
Sometimes I don't tweet about stuff. Sometimes I tweet about things. Ha Shit. Funny joke for you. Uh, we've got another podcast called We Are Watching One Piece, where I watch One Piece with a friend and talk about it. Uh, Going to be recording soon. By the time you're listening to this, I'll probably be in the middle of recording if you go listen to this the day it goes up. Or this might go up a day earlier than normal because I just want to get it out. Uh, it all depends. Not sure yet. Also on uh, the Orange Groves Network, if you if you like uh, me, there's some other stuff that I've done on there, like uh, Interstitial or Hearts Intertwined, an actual play podcast. And on the Patre- Patreon, you can listen to a pilot episode for a King of the Hill podcast. There's all sorts of really cool podcasts being added to there all the time. One of the more recent ones is uh, the Argonauts, A-R-G-O-Nauts, where they talk about different uh, alternate reality games online like Frog Fractions 2 and stuff like huh. that. It's a it's a long episode, so if you like like this, it's uh it's good there too. I like long episodes of uh podcasts, so Me too. I play video games while listening to them. Yeah. And uh it's or, it's it's interesting out. things if you're if you're fun in um it's just something that's really fun to uh to hear about because it's stuff I don't ever want to play or try and figure out, but other people figuring out is always good. So interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's all, all, all we've got for you this week. Tune in next week when Pete Dunn is universal champion. <laughs> My name is Joe. And I'm Jory. And we are watching One Piece. That's it. That's the podcast. Yep. Uh, so we talk about the anime called One Piece uh, about once a month. It takes a while to watch One Piece, but I'm currently caught up with the show. I just started it. So you can join us while we talk about loving the rubber boy, vaping Sanji, our son Chopper, and his murder mom Robin. <laughs> <laughs> and their loving nicknames to be decided as we go along. You can find us on iTunes or your app of choice. And until you tune in, to be continued. To be continued. Hello and welcome to Bed Bath and Bionicle, a show where I call Joe, my friend, Hi. at 7 a.m. my time and talk to them about the wonderful world of Bionicle. Let's mm-hmm. go through a quick quiz, Joe. Mm. Um, tell me, any member of the Toamata. Uh, is that the first one? It's the first one. Uh, Kopaka. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, <coughs> <laughs> Potato. Yeah, uh, yeah, there you go. That's two. Taco Nuva. You can find more of this riveting information over at Bed Bath & Bionicle Nirvana. on your local podcast app. That's not. It's a band. <laughs> Airing every Monday. Check us out. I'm so sleepy. <laughs>